On the examination of the galaxies of space, images begin to appear. Images of strange and powerful forces. But of all the forces in the universe, the two most powerful, Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior, prepare to explode. Champion versus champion, title for title. It's the Ultimate Challenge. It's WrestleMania. I'll tell you, Gorilla, I've been to the Super Bowl. I've been to the World Series. I've even been to the Rolling Stones. But there is one event that surpasses them all, and that's WrestleMania. And Heenan's giving it to Andre the Giant. Oh, he could be making a mistake about that. He slapped the Giant. Bobby Heenan, I find that you're tougher to get along than a mother-in-law on a weekend visit to my house. Don't you concern yourself about getting along with me. I'm the easiest guy in the world to get along with. But when you're 540 pounds and you're 7 feet 4 and it takes two and a half hours for the blood to reach the brain, you don't think real white. You take orders from me. I'm the head of the family. You listen to me, you go to the top. Don't listen to me. You're never heard from again. You have just committed, pal. Well, well, the million dollar man. We remember all the times you made people grovel for your money. This time, You'll be the one that's humble. This time, you'll be the one that's humiliating. And this time, you'll be the one that grovels for the money. A victim of your own greed. Hulk Hogan! Do you, Hulk Hogan, want your ideas, your beliefs, to live forever? For Hulk Hogan, in this normal world, physically, None of us can live forever. But the places you have taken the Hulk the Maniac live through me, Hulk Hogan. You must realize that when you step in the Sky Dome, those are my people. That's my energy, brother. And Ultimate Warrior, this is where the power lies, man. In the power of the Hulkster. I can save you. My Hulk Maniac can save you. We can turn the darkness that you live in into the light. I gotta prove one thing to all my Hulkamaniacs out there. It's not whether you win or whether you lose. The only thing that matters is what kind of winner you are or what kind of loser you are. And Ultimate Warrior, I sure hope you're a good loser, brother. Welcome to the WrestleMania House Show number six, the ultimate podcasting challenge. <laughs> My name is Joey. My name is Chris. How you doing, Chris? I am doing well. All right. How are you? I'm good. We're, we're six yeah. in now. Yeah. We're over that first era hump, as I like to call it. Uh, Jesse Ventura no longer commentating after this one. This is his last WrestleMania. Right. He'll be pretty much out of the WWF by summertime. Mm. And also... At 7, next year, right, <laughs> is going to be the debut of The Undertaker. Yep. So Yeah, well, so that, that kind of almost is the start of an era to itself. If nothing else that we said uh, mattered, that kind of is like, yeah, that that's an era. You have to say that starts an era. So, yeah. so Chris, yeah. we're at 6. Yes. Uh, let's see if I can do this without the sheet. Toronto, Skydome, mm-hmm. 67,678 people. Right. 
Uh, also in attendance, uh, we know Edge was there. Uh, Apparently yeah. Christian was there. Yeah. Heard uh, that Lance Storm was also there. Yeah. So a lot of greatness in the crowd. Yeah. Mary Tyler Moore notwithstanding. No, I like yeah. Mary. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, she was fine. She had no idea what was going on. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> like, who? <laughs> Let's get to that later. Yeah, we'll do okay. that later because that's really funny. But uh, That's a great segment, the whole thing. Yeah. And this is my second WrestleMania as a fan, despite the fact that I actually saw it uh, a day later. Mm. Uh, a good friend of mine, Jason, had a VHS copy of it that he was kind enough to let me borrow the day after. Nice. Did you not do the uh, scramble the pay-per-view no. this time? We didn't have cable when... Uh, it's a long story, really. Yeah. We didn't have cable when we moved into our first apartment in 1990. We moved out to the area gotcha. that I currently reside in here with you. Mm. And uh, just had the regular four or five channels, so there was no cable option to see the scramble pay-per-view. Gotcha. And uh, But i got to say... There was such a buzz around the Ultimate Challenge match. Yeah. That was the, the biggest it got since Hogan Andre, for my money, as yeah. far as the build-up to a main event at WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, because I kind of remember it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the two biggest baby faces in the company, the two main title holders, right. are going to have this big match. Let's just put it this way, which I don't think this happens very much anymore. Uh, I think maybe besides, like, the last two, maybe, because of The Rock. Right. I remember actually hearing the result on the morning radio show the next day. Wow. Like, they yeah. actually said that Ultimate Warrior, you know, uh, yeah. spoiler, right. Ultimate Warrior defeats Hulk Hogan. Uh, <laughs> I think it could be considered a spoiler. <laughs> I know, right. I mean, anyway. It's, it's a kind of an in-joke yeah, now. People yeah. that like, you know, uh, Darth is Luke's father. Spoiler! Right. Stupid. Uh, <laughs> but I heard about it on the radio, so that was a big deal. Yeah. And, uh, like I said, watched the tape that day after I got home from school, like, remember watching it, and uh, pretty cool. Like, that was the closest I came to watching it live, was on a 24-hour right. delay. Nice. So, this was a big one for me. Yeah. Uh, as far as how it's aged, it's alright, I think. Yeah. Uh, there's good things and bad things, just like a lot of them. But, yeah, uh, I mean, because is... I've seen it a few times, and yeah. I it's never one that I go back to. It's like, man, I cannot wait to watch number six again. Yeah, it's not so, like it's still not like three. Yeah. We haven't gotten into that three mode, for, yeah. for me at least. Personally. And even re-watching it, I'm like, oh man, I, why didn't I remember this? But it's like, yeah, it's it's all right. Yeah, it's kind of long. It has 14 matches on it again, like the last one. Yeah, which I, I was surprised minutes. by. I yeah. thought I thought five was longer. Yeah, but uh, I guess I was wrong on there. Yeah. Uh, so we've talked about all that. This is a, a sort of an interesting side fact as well. It was the first WrestleMania apparently to have a dark match. So before they even go on the air, Paul Roma defeats the Brooklyn Brawler. <laughs> all right. Yes, that, that's yeah. yeah. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, Roma will get a better spot on the show next year. Yeah, so uh, sort of. All right, uh, but uh, they kick it off. We got a uh, Robert Goulet. Yeah, doing over well, Canada. Yeah, in the, in the intro though, they had the of course the Vince voiceover. He wasn't in the ring, but yeah, yeah it was, sorry about that. Yeah. We don't need to gloss over that yeah, at all because they do the constellations. Yeah, there's constant stars, and then it's Vince talking about uh, the old the gal throughout the galaxies of space and stuff, and you see the constellations as the camera pans to the side, yeah. and there's a Hogan constellation, and there's a Warrior constellation. And yeah. then the constellations start moving, and they come face to face, and then it explodes into fireworks, and the Mania logo, and Vince is all excited and screaming about the ultimate challenge. That that WrestleMania, like growl, was amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you think Vince maybe had in the back of his mind he's going to sell this to the planetariums of the world, yeah, right. tour around like Laser <laughs> Floyd, <laughs> just like the ultimate acid trip? Yes. I I, don't know. I would watch that actually. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't we all? <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, um, I, and let's say programming note, I don't think we're going to enter Robert Goulet into the current rankings that we have of the singing of the National Anthem, America's Beautiful, oh, yeah. with no disrespect to Canada. And I'm trying to remember for the life of me if anybody opens with O Canada at 18. Yeah. Well, I but, think I think that's more respect to Canada because we're not lumping it in with the the national anthem and yeah. America the Beautiful. It's its own category, which no. it should be. So, so let's see if Robert Goulet runs unopposed, yeah. or if he has competition at yeah. 18. I'm sure people are already like, "Dummy, this happened or it didn't." I, I happen. don't remember. It's that was years ago. But so. we'll, we'll just talk about it when we get to it. Yeah. I'll remember because <laughs> I have a really important thing to address concerning Canada and WrestleMania once we get to 18. Okay. So tune into that in what, like 18 weeks or something? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, close enough. Yeah. 12. 12 weeks. Uh, but uh, first matchup, and it's the Hall of Famer, Coco Beware. Yeah. Versus the model, Rick Martel. Yes. Uh, at least Coco was on this year. He was right. at WrestleMania Five. Yeah. And uh, the model, fresh off of his massive heel turn from the year before. Right. Already been through Slick as a manager. He's not even with him anymore. Yeah. But uh, he, the model, didn't need a manager anymore. Anyway. Right. Uh, what did you think of this match, Chris? It was it was good. It was another one of the openers. It wasn't like overwhelming, but it was a nice start. It gets it whets your appetite for more things to come. I've always been a huge Coco fan. I've said yeah. it on the show before, and he's I mean he does what he does best. I mean he starts out fast and he's doing drop kicks and anytime he gets behind him, yeah, anytime he gets the advantage, it's he speeds up the match. And Martel is the one that slows it down, is more methodical and yeah. So Coco's like flying all over the place. It's it's really cool. Which is a different character for Martel to be playing. Because yeah. he used to be that guy. Yeah, but he's time. playing the heel, so yeah. he can't get the crowd to cheer him or doesn't want him to. So yeah. I hate to go straight into the WrestleMania red carpet here, but did Martel get like a massive perm between <laughs> like five it, yeah. and six? <laughs> I think it's pretty ridiculous. His hair was kind of a mane, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um <laughs> But yeah, it was it was a good match and uh Martel keeps going for the, the Boston Crab. Or a couple times he goes yeah. for it, yeah. and then eventually he does get it, and he does beat Coco in a, in a good, solid match. It wasn't too long. It yeah. was good. It was fun. It's about so. like what five, six minutes, maybe. Yeah, something like that. And yeah, Coco goes for that high, no look, high cross body. Martel ducks. Yep. Boston Crab. I almost kind of saw him going for the tap, but uh, he gave up pretty quick on that yeah. one. And, uh, <laughs> and Rick Martel goes over Coco Beware in the opener, and uh, I know um, bigger things are abound for Martel. And the next WrestleMania, yeah. that'll be interesting. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, Coco Beware has seen his last WrestleMania match as of number six. Mm. Chris, I'll tell you, a little where are they now on Coco Beware. All right. uh, after that, a couple years after that, they kept Coco around for yeah. quite a while, actually, which uh, I'm totally fine with. In 1992, he formed a really fun team, appropriately named High Energy with Owen Hart. Oh, yeah, that's right. And Their uh, pants and stuff were pretty awesome. They're crazy parachute yeah. pants and suspenders, <laughs> and Coco's pants were pulled all the way up to his nipples, yeah. and <laughs> and uh, they had uh, you know I, I don't I don't even know if I could say marginal success, but I enjoyed it when they came on my TV, and I think they only had like one or two pay per view matches at all. One of them was at the Royal Rumble, I believe, mm-hmm. and they fought the Orient Express. Uh, if memory serves me correct, I'm almost positive about that. Coco has a very unique historical distinction, also being the first ever competitor on Monday Night Raw. He was in the very first match against Yokozuna, unfortunately. (laughs) We know how that one went Uh, down, literally. Uh, And pretty much after that, Coco, he he really wasn't in WWE too much longer after that, but he wound up being part of this really interesting era 
that a lot of people don't even know happened, but there was a massive talent trade going on between Vince and the people down at USWA over in Memphis, which it had moved to at the time. And that was when Lawler was still running it, so that's how that Lawler thing came about. Gotcha. And Coco went down there and did a lot better. He actually won the USWA world title twice. First time against Kamala, second time against Jerry the King Lawler. (laughs) So Coco's a two-time United States Wrestling Alliance, I want to say, heavyweight champion. Sorry, I'm an old USWA fan, but I never knew what it stood for. (laughs) And he won the tag team title over there as well with a guy named Rex Hargrove, who I don't know who that is. sounds familiar, but I could just be thinking of someone else. A little bit. And then really, uh, he doesn't really make any waves until about five or six years down the road after that, where he had two really interesting appearances in 1999. Uh, one is that he appeared in Beyond the Mat. No. Uh, the documentary, Love It or Hate It. Yeah. Uh, he has a little small role in that. And uh, I remember when we went to go see that in the theater, I popped for Coco. I was like, yeah. hey, Coco. Yeah. And uh, then you're going to say, oh, yeah, when I tell you this, but you remember when they brought back the blue blazer gimmick and Coco actually... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The black and blue blazer. Coco was the black and blue blazer, yes. <laughs> so, uh, and after that, pretty much, uh, just a couple more appearances. Uh, Coco was at Raw Homecoming along with us mm. and right. many other legends. <laughs> right. <laughs> we were in the building, at least. Yeah. He was involved in that Rob Conway getting beat up by the 25 legends in the ring. Uh, uh, yeah. So he was involved in that. Right. Uh, he made an appearance at TNA Slammiversary 2008 as uh, Jay Lethal's groomsman at his uh, would-be wedding to uh, I remember hearing about that. I didn't see that. And, once again, we were in the building for this one, 2009, Coco inducted into yes. the WWE Hall of Fame. Yes. So, yeah, I know he's still working indies, so there you all go. Right, all right, cool. So, all right, moving on. Chris, what we got next? Yeah, uh, a couple, we're leading up to the tag team title match, but... Uh, in the back, we got the interviews. Uh, Gene being antagonistic as always with all the guys. It's uh, the colossal. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you not a mean Gene fan? Not you really, honestly. Down on Gene lately. Yeah, <laughs> the more I watch a lot of these shows and the more I think about it, I really don't. He's a jerk. <laughs> he's a jerk to everybody. Um, he tries to put himself over at the expense of the of the uh, like. Because we were talking about Euchre, like bad mouthing the the bad guys. Gene yeah. is, does it all the time. Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, I don't like Gene. All right. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll, I'll stick with Mean Gene. I'm in Mean right. Gene's corner. We, right. can, we can disagree on that one. That's yeah, fine. we're going <laughs> to. Um, but, yeah, so it's uh, Andre, Mahaku, and Bobby Heenan, and he calls them the colostomy connection. There's yes. a lot of poop jokes and uh, bowel references, well, Heenan, uh, both Heenan, by Gene and Heenan. Yeah, Heenan so, ran away with that yeah, one, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they planned that in advance. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's he, pretty I, quick. I think. He, yeah, 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 I think he just hung with them on that. Yeah, yeah. So the colossal connection. I remember being so. I mean, I told you how mad I was when the Brainbusters beat Demolition for the title, but I was, I was incredibly mad whenever the Colossal Connection beat Colossal Colossal Connection. Yeah. Whenever they beat Demolition, I almost okay. said Colostomy again. Yeah. Uh, but if you've ever seen the match. Uh, I don't remember who gets pinned by Demolition in the match, but they never get to tag. Mm. Like, it's a total squash match. Yeah. So, uh, I remember just being so disenchanted by that. Yeah. Like, what's wrong here? I mean, I realize Andre's on the team, but come on. Yeah. Lots foretelling, and this match is coming up, actually. Yeah. But, um, and then, so after that interview, they interviewed Demolition, and 
They're talking about cutting down trees and driving trucks into a ditch and like murdering people. Yeah, and they <laughs> want to murder the colossal. <laughs> they, yeah, they without saying the word murder, that's basically what they're saying. Yes, yeah. they're gonna put them in the back of the truck, and I'm gonna drive this truck out into a ditch, and it's gonna blow up. So. And the only thing that's gonna be left is the belts. Yeah, <laughs> because they're made of metal. Yeah, and we're gonna melt these down and make our belts out of them or something. Yeah. What? So they're going to make new belts. There wasn't yeah. new tech belts out of, after Out this of the anyway. old belts, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't change the look after this anyway. I don't understand. So, and then Sean Mooney is the one interviewing. It's like, it's like a demolition derby in here. Yeah, <laughs> now you're getting the picture. This is definitely when we're going into cartoony promo yeah. land. Yeah. And it's going to keep going on for the next few years a lot of times. Yeah. I mean, when I had to see Carrie Von Eric talking about the clouds swirling, it was just oh, yeah. uh, it just broke my heart. Yeah. I mean, but all that being said, <laughs> well, it was a tornado. It was like the clouds. I realize. <laughs> oh, it's just... anyway. So it is a tag uh, title match. It's the Colossal Connection, who are the champions, versus Axe and Smash. Yes, and uh, you know I like the match. It, it's. It, Whenever you got that mixture in, it's not going to be a catch-as-catch-can right. classic. Yeah. But I, I, a lot of my fandom of Demolition still holds over in this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, especially at this time, a lot of sympathy for Andre. Well, um, yeah. Because, you know, really, three should have been his last match, and I stand by that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but, you know, he, he, does his, he does a good job in this match uh, for... Well, he doesn't do anything in this match. He doesn't do much, yeah, but he, he tries to get involved. He, yeah. he throws a few headbutts in there. And, yeah, but he never tags in, like we were yeah. alluding to earlier. He never gets in the match, and he only walks in a couple times. Yeah. And then, like, so... Illegally, which, what's the ref going to do? Yeah, Seriously. right. <laughs> well, he could do whatever he wants. Yeah. <laughs> well, because even uh, Gorilla was like, well, he has a five count to get out of the ring. Yeah. And I'm like, if he tags, he does. <laughs> you can't just walk in. But we used I to mean, do it all the time in the '64 games, yeah, right? <laughs> uh, until I took that feature out, and you couldn't just walk uh, in. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> so but it was still a really good match, and we actually rank it pretty high on our yeah. rankings. So yeah. um, Haku just taking the the brunt of the work, and yeah. literally like uh, taking down both Axe and Smash for a good portion of it. it's back and forth, which yeah. is kind of surprising. Yeah. So well, Haku's a tough guy, man. Yeah. He's a legit tough guy. Yeah. And uh, it takes him taking his partner out to even get yeah, beat. because he does a savat kick and misses, I forget who it is, which one in Demolition it is, ducks sure. out of the way. Andre takes it on the chin, uh, falls back into the ropes, gets tied up, can't get out. Classic and, classic Andre. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not going to say that other word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so double team on Haku, and they pin him yeah, to, to take the belts. Demolition device, or whatever I think yeah. that's what it's called. And, uh, yeah. A three-peat, as a, yes, you know, as I said a few times on the show. Yeah, but that massive historical significance—the first ever three-time tag team champions, oh, by the way—that nice. was a, that was a first. So once again, and post-match shenanigans abound. Yeah, Bobby Heenan slaps Andre the Giant in the face, yeah. and the crowd gasps. Yeah, that's a dumb idea. Yeah, he's maybe the brain, but uh, not that not, not right then. He was talking about. It takes Andre a long time for the blood to get to his brain, right? <laughs> but the brain was not thinking. No, <laughs> he gets he gets uh, what's the paintbrushes they call it, which is really a bitch slap as we know it in this uh, day yeah. and age. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he pretty much yeah, like Andre grabs him. You can hear he is like not in the face. <laughs> yeah, you actually see about yeah. Yeah. and he like just yeah, just slaps him right right across the face a couple times. And- <laughs> Punches him a little bit. Yeah, at the punches, end there. punches him a little bit. Haku tries to to get back at Andre, but had, yeah. he has none of it. So I, I guess for the sake of the segment, 
he can't do this, but yeah. I mean, he, the fact that he doesn't get knocked out is weird to me. Like the fact that he is not he knocked out. Yeah, <laughs> he he doesn't really ever fall to his back all the way. Yeah, after during that segment, well, it's kind of yeah. weird. Yeah, but I realized they had to do that so he get kicked out of the uh, whatever the, the buggies. <laughs> yeah, the cart know. from the carts. They use the carts from three. Yeah, uh, WrestleMania three with the the ropes and the the driver and stuff. Yeah, like I said, it's high time they bring that back. Yeah, really. I, yeah. I would love that. Yeah, because Haku and, and Heenan are, are they're getting in the car to get the ride back, and Andre's like, no. <laughs> my car. <laughs> yeah, mine. And he just goes in there and just tosses him out, headbutts Haku out of it. So. Yeah. yeah. So, then, uh, but uh, yeah, Skydome's pretty big, so they, they needed the carts for that, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, rumors are they're going back soon, but who knows? Who knows? And, uh, you know, whether or not they knew this in advance, like whether or not. They probably thought any of these could have been Andre's last hurrah, so it was nice that they booked it that way. That way, Andre could go out with the crowd actually cheering him. Yeah. So it's a nice moment, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah. So I liked it. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. So, uh, but even though Andre's, this, this is the last time he wrestles at WrestleMania, he will be back, but yeah. someone who won't be back is Axe, or uh, Bill Eady, because he was known by so many different things, Mass Superstar, one of the machines... Uh, but we're here to do the Where Are They Now post-WrestleMania 6. Uh, after that, uh, Axe did, you know, of course, they had their, their tag title reign to think about. Right. And this is at the time, was, something really weird happened, actually, around spring-summer of that year. And uh, Axe has said this in interviews. Uh, he had, they thought he was having a stroke when he was on a tour of Japan. And uh, apparently it went down that he actually got it from food poisoning. And... That's what he claims, at least. It's when does food poisoning present itself like a stroke? I don't know, but like they said that he might have been—he had like some heart issues or something when he was on tour in Japan. He said it was from bad food, um, so I'm not really sure who to believe on this yeah, one. But the whole point—the whole point of the story was—they decided that it was best to start phasing acts out mm-hmm. of demolition, bringing in Crush as the third man, and basically during that era, pretty much once Crush debuted. They were always saying that there was going to be a combination of any three guys, but yeah. it was pretty much Smash Crush right. for the rest of the run with Axe. He would actually run in and get wins in certain matches. If he'd interfere, he'd cover his head while the ref oh, was yeah. counting. He actually had his arms over yeah. his head. I saw him do that at least two or three times, and uh, that's pretty much what he was relegated gotcha. to doing at that point. Uh, I know there has been some legal issues between Axe and Vince McMahon over the use of the gimmick, but Axe apparently continued to do it throughout his indie run. The Axe gimmick. Yeah, he start, He kept actually doing a demolition-type team, whether he called it demolition or not, oh with two different guys over the years, a guy named Hux and a guy named Blast. Right. Uh, so he did that. But uh, all that being said, uh, it's, it has a good ending, a happy ending. He reunited with Smash, his old partner, uh, in 2007 on April Fool's Day, which is actually the yeah, same day that yeah, this WrestleMania took place. WrestleMania 6. Uh, right before WrestleMania 23, uh, they they were in a federation, uh, MWF, who was running a show there during WrestleMania weekend, and they had a big demolition reunion. I've seen footage of that. The crowd goes crazy okay. when they come out. It's great. Cool. And uh, this is also fun. Demolition teamed with one-man gang at the King of Trios 2008. <laughs> that was the three-man team. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see that. Uh, Adam, if you have that show, please don't send a copy to us. Uh, and uh, March 28th of 2009, Axe was inducted into what is called the Keystone State Wrestling Alliance Hall of Fame. Sure. So congrats to him for that. Sure. 
And uh, Demolition also actually the last time they wrestled a major show was just last year, September 16th, 2012, where they wrestled for Chikara. Oh, all right. So uh, I like that the uh, nostalgia and the awesomeness of Demolition's legacy is on a very good upswing right yeah. now. So there you go. That's, uh, that's what Axe is up to. Nice. Still doing shows with uh, Smash. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, after that match... Uh, Go back to... There's a lot of promos in between the matches. They, they're pretty good about getting a lot of the guys some airtime talking. Uh, Jimmy Hart is back there with Earthquake, who is sweating profusely and hopping up and down. I think if he thinks if he stops moving, he'll explode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a shark, except exploding. Yeah, <laughs> and th- that's, uh, that's apropos, because he will become shark <laughs> later on. <laughs> a few years after that. Yeah! <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, but uh, so basically, Jimmy does a lot of the talking, and he's like, scientists are predicting an earthquake, and then uh, more gimmick talk. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then earthquake starts talking about Hercules, who's his opponent, who's still a baby face, which yeah. I don't. Yeah, whatever. He did nothing between yeah. five and six. Trust yeah. me. No. And so it is Hercules versus Earthquake. In a, I mean, it was, it was kind of what you'd expect. Yeah. It was, I mean, at this point, we're trying to get Earthquake over as one of the big heels of the company. And they were doing a great job yeah, at it, too. Yeah, I hated the guy when I was a kid. Do you remember how he debuted? Mm, no. Dino Bravo was doing a, uh, a test of strength competition against the Ultimate Warrior. And they set this up, and they said, I can do, like, 20 push-ups with any man in this room on mm-hmm. my back. And all of a sudden, the crowd started buzzing, and they, and you know... John Tenna's in yeah. like the twentieth row or something. He's not too. It's not one of those new plants where he's like right. in the front row. Yeah. He's he's back there a little bit, and they're like this guy over here. Look at this guy. <laughs> he's in a prominent place in the room, so everybody yeah. can see him. It was yeah. perfect. That's he cool. gets in there. Bravo does the the push ups. He's like, yeah, Warrior, your turn. <laughs> and as soon as he got there under his back, he just earthquake blasted nice. him with his butt, <laughs> and uh, then they beat him down. And that was the debut of the Canadian earthquake. It's oh, a nice. great way to bring him in. That's really cool. And I lo- I still love Earthquake's theme song. It's completely simple, but completely effective. All right. So that's all. That's all I gotta say about yeah. this. I'm basically stalling out because there's really nothing to say about. This yeah, if there's a lot of shoulder blocks, a lot of clotheslines. Um, my favorite part is really early in the match. Um, they're still kind of going back and forth. They can't knock each other down. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a stalemate. And Earthquake starts jumping up and down, doing the earthquake. And yeah. Hercules, he he falls over yeah. like like Hol- Star Trek style. Like oh, I, the whole world is shaking. He falls into the ropes. He needs to hold on to the top rope yeah. to stay up. And the referee is just like standing there, like right beside him. <laughs> he's like, not, he's like, what's going on? Why are you are you okay? So, I'm so glad you pointed that out yeah. tonight because I never noticed the ref that totally no sold earthquake. <laughs> yeah, the, the ref should have fallen on his butt. Yeah, he should have been like out of the ring and knocked out or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> man. But that's yeah, awesome. so that's kind of how that match went. Um, earthquake slows it down. Like I said, gets the power slam, gets yeah. the elbow, and then the earthquake sit down. Yeah, because Hercules is he's he's. Getting things, he gets him to one knee, he, but then he goes for, like, what, he tries to lift him. For, he goes for the torture rack, because yeah. that's his finisher at the time. Yeah. And immediately fails, and then Earthquake takes over. That might Squash. be the dumbest move yeah. in the history of the series. Yeah. Pretty up there, yeah. I gotta say, so. Paying the price. Yeah. So. And so, of course, he does, Earthquake does one more, spikes the ball. The aftershock. One, yeah, the aftershock. Yes. And, uh. So that's that's you know that Hercules is crushed. <laughs> like the gorilla didn't even like he really tried to 
not underselling, but I like the fact that Jesse was like being so over the top. Like he could he could shake the roof off of the sky yeah, dome. Yeah. It was like highly <laughs> unlikely. Yeah, it was, like, it'd be a shame if the sky dome fell down and during this match. Like that's yeah, that's not gonna. It's that's silly. Yeah, we're not the King Dome here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that bad taste? Is that too yeah, soon? Yeah, yeah, okay. Moving on. And moving on. Um, this next celebrity on the show, I'm not. I don't remember who she is, honestly. Oh, uh, she's uh, Runa Barrett is nobody. I mean, like she. I th- it seems like she was more well known from the city she came from. Okay, like a like as a gossip reporter. Yeah, because yeah, I think I kind of briefly looked her up. But I didn't really care that much to look her up. But yeah, I think that's what she did. Yeah. Uh, but she's in the back and she's interviewing Miss Elizabeth, who's. Yeah, doesn't yeah. that blow the whole thing that she's coming out later? Yeah, because she uh, well. They were talking about you haven't been on like on television. You haven't your fans haven't seen you in so long. Like what's going on? Yeah, and yeah, so it kind of does. It lessens the impact of yeah. her coming out later on. It really does. I I just kind of realized that. Yeah. But yeah, it's totally true. Yeah. Oh. So, but yeah, there's there, that happens. Yeah, she's nobody. Jennifer Flowers had a better appearance at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, I know so who Jennifer Flowers is. <laughs> so, um, and then so back in the back again, Beefcake. Brutus the Barber Beefcake ah. is uh, looking at uh, Mr. Perfect's record. He has a sheet of paper. He's like, I'm looking at Perfect's record because it's perfect at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still undefeated at this it's an point. impressive winning streak. Yeah, and he tries... Year and a half. Yeah, he tries to chop it with the shears and <laughs> yeah. fails. Yeah. He gets like a little snip on it, but so, yeah. Sean yeah. Mooney's already having a better night at this point. Yeah, because he's not out in the crowd. Yeah. Not until later. Not until later. <laughs> but he's very gun-shy when he gets there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he looks nervous like all the time. He's like, I don't want to <laughs> do anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the next matchup is Mr. Perfect with the Genius. Actually, the Genius announces him to the ring. Or as as you kids today, uh, OG Damian Sandow. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Genius, who is Randy Savage's brother, Lanny Poffo. Yeah. Also formerly known as Leaping Lanny Poffo. But here in the absolute height of the Genius, yeah. 1990 was the greatest year. Yeah. Of his career, I see. I loved the genius even when I was a kid. I thought he was great. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This was the year that he actually got to defeat Hulk Hogan on television. Nice. Yeah, he beat him by count out or something, but he yeah. still won. Yeah, because he won with his brains. Right. <laughs> so this was That's a, even a better victory than just like beating him up and pinning him. Yeah, <laughs> this is a massive year for the genius. Yeah. But moving on, it, Mr. Perfect is wrestling Brutus the Barber Beefcake. And, you know, that's the whole build. I mean, when you have an undefeated streak, that's the story. Yeah, that's, that's all you need. That's all you need. And really good stellar wrestling match. Yeah, We've perfect is bumping all over the place. <laughs> yeah. and it's a, isn't it a world of difference between five and six? Yeah. But Mr. Perfect, like, no longer any kind of butterflies yeah. are gone. Yeah. He is on his game. Yeah, just... I get I get I get reminded a lot of Ziggler when I was watching the match because I mean he's doing that kind of thing where yeah. everything looks like it hurts really bad and he's flying and he's just selling yeah. everything so hard gets whipped into the buckle comes jumping out does a somersault yeah <laughs> lands on his butt yeah I mean just stuff like that he yeah gets, he gets punched in the corner and he just flies over the top rope to yeah. the floor and kind of flops yeah so uh, he's uh, Brutus is actually dominating the match for the good good portion of the match yeah and then shenanigans happen. Takes uh, a genius yeah, to pull it off. Genius uh, tosses in the scroll. Doesn't toss it to Mr. Perfect, but he just right. slides in the ring. Just uh, leaves it, goes into the other corner, yeah. distracts the ref. Yeah. It's it's a beautiful it's beautiful heel 101. Yeah. And uh, so, as Perfect gets the scroll shot. I don't remember he hit him in his face or the belt. I think it was the face. Yeah. And he lets the scroll down, and I was like, Perfect didn't kick the scroll out. You would think he would do that. Yeah. And Genius just walks by slyly without even breaking pace. 
grabs the scroll. <laughs> Nothing ever happened. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And so then Mr. Perfect is dominating. He's go he's going after the head a lot, like heel, like yeah. beating up on, on Brutus's yeah. head. Does a lot of his greatest hits, a standing drop yeah. kick, the the head snap. Yep. All that kind of stuff. But then in the end, Beefcake gets one of my least favorite moves, the slingshot. And uh It does defy logic and, yeah. physics and science, yes. Uh, Perfect is hits. the only guy that can make this move yeah, look good. Exactly, though, yeah. For him and Ziggler. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect hits the post, and then that's it. He gets pinned. Yeah. That's the streak is over. I remember being. I remember thinking that wasn't going to be it. Yeah. Even even when I watched this match when I was 11 years old for the first time, and I didn't think that was going to be it, but it was. Yeah. And I was I was happy about it. I was ecstatic. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was just, it was a weird finish. Yeah. Never forgot. Like a lot of these matches tonight, I'm like, I don't remember the, what the finish is here, but I remember that one. Yeah. So, great stuff. And so furthering the genius's intellect, uh, the match is over, his guy's lost, so he goes and just picks up the shears and just kind of walks away yeah. without uh, Brutus uh, seeing it initially. But then, of course, he does. He doesn't get perfect, but Brutus does grab uh, the genius, pulls him back in, and finishes the job that he started, apparently, beforehand. So. <laughs> yeah, he gave him like this really weird... Like metal mohawk mullet, yeah, and uh, there's nothing on top and everything like on the back. Uh, And you would think someone called the genius would be wise enough to go to a barber and get it fixed or something, but he didn't. He just wore his his cap, the the (laughs) graduation cap. And even after this point, he would manage to get one of the craziest, ugliest, like curly haired wigs (laughs) to cover up the loss of hair. It was it was absolutely obnoxious, (laughs) but you know he's he's greatness and. yeah, so people got to see the sleeper hold. I mean, the sleeper yeah. hold was that over at the time that people really popped for that, too. Yeah. And uh, I think it's a really good match. That's one of the, I think that's kind of the gem of uh Yeah, of definitely six. surprised. I mean, watching the show again, I mean, of course, you look at those guys and you're like, yeah, that's going to be a good match. But yeah. it actually stacks up really, really well against everything else on the yeah. show. Yeah, a match that is not really referred to very much anymore, yeah. but it should be. Yeah. Uh, that's what that's why we do this show. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, Chris. Um, all right, so we have another backstage interview, yeah. and um, I'm not sure exactly what to say about it. Oh, um, is this the bat? Uh, no, we're, we're, are we at the bathroom sketch yet? No, we're not there yet. Oh, thank God. Uh, this is uh, our the guy that we named our promo award after. Oh, um, yeah. it's it's Rowdy Roddy Piper, and he starts off the interview. In profile, he's like his only one side facing the camera, and there's a reason for that. Yeah. He's uh just he's gonna be facing Bad News Brown, so right. Who? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, okay, no, <laughs> no, I I have a look in my eyes, but I, I still I'm, I'm a little speechless. Still, yeah. even I've known about this forever, but I just when he turns around and you see that he is in half blackface. Yeah, and he does the the little Saturday Fever hand motion and snaps. He's actually muttering Billy Jean under his mouth. <laughs> I missed that. And uh, how far do you want to go with this, Chris? I mean, <laughs> I, I I'm prepared to play some devil's advocate here, yeah. pro or con. Go ahead. But uh, if 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 Roddy Piper was sitting here in this room with us, right? What would you ask him? Um. Well, I I would. The first thing would be like, "What were you thinking?" But I don't <laughs> what 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 was your approach? Yeah. To what this? what was the point of being half blackface facing half black body? As it turns out, yeah. His entire when he gets to the ring and takes off his shirt and kilt and everything, his entire right side of his body is pitch black, shoe polish. Yeah. yeah. 
it looks like Amos and Andy. Yeah. Like, and... And this, is, this is tough, man, because he's, he's one of my all-time favorites. Yeah. I'm sure one of your all-time yeah, favorites. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I... I I'm I'm definitely not I'm not trying to desecrate the guy here. I just want to know what 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 the rationale was. Yeah. How cool was uh, bad news? I mean, you would have to think that he would have okayed this. Yeah. Because otherwise, well, well, uh, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Like what his standing like? Did he get politicked would, out of any kind he, of ruling? Or? Do you think he had enough say to be like, yeah, I don't really think I want to go through with that? You know. I I just don't. I mean, yeah, because if, if and you know, who's who's. Basically, whose fault is it? Like, <laughs> yeah. if, if, if Vince obviously has the final say over everything, yeah. I mean, do you put it in his quarter? Do you put Piper at fault for maybe actually talking him into this? Obviously, somebody talked somebody yeah, right. into it. Right. I just want to know more about it. I just who thought it wouldn't be a bad idea? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I this is one time where I'm really regretting not. I mean, I do a lot of research for these shows. Yeah. But for some reason, I I need to go find a little bit more. And I'm sure somebody has asked Piper this in any kind of shoot yeah. interview, uh, even at fan conventions. He's probably talked about this a yeah. lot. Yeah. But I need to go find out what he has to say about it. Yeah. It's just weird. It makes it like at the time, it it meant nothing. It really, honestly, at yeah. the time, it meant nothing to me other than that it was kind of funny. Right. I was 11. <laughs> right. But you were 11. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't. I don't know. And uh, I guess we're just kind of... The match is what it's supposed to be. It's a brawl. Yeah. It's it's weird. At one point, Piper takes a Michael Jackson glove out of his trunks and starts close it's, fist hitting. It, yeah, it's like, a, it's like a fingerless... It looks like a weightlifting glove, but yeah, yeah. it's white and it looks like it has like Spangles stuff on, on it. it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a Michael Jackson glove because it's fingerless and it's shiny. Well, Michael Jackson's glove had fingers in it. Did it? Yeah, yeah. it did, didn't it? It's You're full, right. full shiny sequin glove. Yeah, but it did, ha- yeah, it did have the, the Spanglies on yeah. it. Yeah. So... Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, and they were saying, "Oh, the referees checked out that glove. Obviously, hasn't been cynical, but it's still a closed fist, yeah. and we're supposed to go by <laughs> this so, supposed yeah. rule book that exists as a fan." Because this was, as you pointed out, this is Danny Davis back in his ref- in refereeing capacity, <laughs> already failing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At the start of the match, he keeps separating him to like to opposite corners of the ring. The match has already started. Yeah, and he keeps like saying, "Okay, into your corner." It's like a boxing match. Yeah, he maybe did. he thought it was a boxing match. Still, yeah. I mean, maybe he did boxing. In his downtime at yeah. sumo. Also. Well, because I mean, he a Piper face T. I mean, maybe he just got confused. <laughs> so, because all black. Yeah. Um, but maybe Piper thought he was fighting T again. Yeah, exactly. They don't like each other. Yeah, Imagine yeah. If he'd have done that to Mister T. <laughs> I mean, bad news is legit badass though. Yeah, bad news is a real life judo guy. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just <laughs> weird circumstances, and the match was yeah, like you said, it was just lots of punching and brawling and yeah. not much wrestling in there so uh, and uh, another uh, my other interesting factoid about this match is two guys who i believe were born outside of canada but made their homes in canada yeah uh, so that's kind of cool and they got to do their match in canada yeah so that's about it i mean obviously they're <laughs> yeah. not really uh you don't. Re- you're not going to see that in a lot of WrestleMania rewinds. All right. Uh, lately, he didn't know. <laughs> I think they did at one point once, and that was it. But yeah. Anyway. And then so the the match ends in a double or uh, was the countout? Yeah. It was a double countout. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, they start just going outside the ring and they just both get counted out and it's, it's just over. So, yeah. like whatever. Yeah. Um. And sadly, uh, bad news. Uh, ending his WrestleMania run with a, a not. Very stellar record. I think one and it's like one and zero oh and two. Yeah. Like because it's like 
kind of like two disqualification losses. So yeah, one and two. He won the battle royal at four, disqualified in five, just counted out in six. So I say yeah. one and two. Uh, sad because I, I, like I said, I'm a, was a big Bad News Brown fan. Yeah, I found out a few things doing the where they now on him. Interesting stuff. Uh, a very crazy story I was reminded of later. Uh, Bad News pretty much did leave WWF after SummerSlam 1990. He was in a feud with Jake Roberts, if you remember that weird feud, where it was the Sewer Rats of Harlem versus the Snake. Bad News threatened to bring out these mute Harlem Sewer Rats for SummerSlam, and thankfully he didn't. Okay. Uh, but that was pretty much it. Uh, according to Bad News, Vince McMahon did promise him uh, that he would become the first black world champion of the WWF, but he said he didn't keep good on his promise. Okay, well, yeah. But I love the idea of the fact that he could have been, because he had yeah. no friends. And yeah. you would have opened up so many different contenders. Yeah. That would have been a really yeah. interesting run. Yeah. But, oh well. Uh, a story I was reminded of actually uh, turned up in the Dynamite Kid autobiography that you actually got me for Christmas, like, years ago. Mm-hmm. And this is a couple of years after this. There's a tour of Japan that has Dynamite Kid, Bad News Brown, and Andre the Giant are on the same bus. And according to the story that is told, and this is according to Dynamite, let's just say, because he went on record in his book about this, Andre made a flippant, racist remark. Bad News yelled at the bus driver to pull the bus over, which the bus driver did. Bad News gets in Andre's face, gets out of the bus, and says, meet me outside, we're going to go. Wow. According to the people on the bus, Andre said nothing, sat there, and... According to anybody else that has ever known Andre, this is the only time in public that Andre ever, ever backed down from a fight. Wow. So there is the legend of the badassness <laughs> of Bad News Brown. Yeah. Well, it could have been that. I don't doubt that it was that. <laughs> right. But it could also be because they were friends, too, and he felt bad. So Right. They actually did say that Andre did uh, publicly apologize yeah. for the remark. And who knows? Maybe he was just maybe he was doing his attempt at lighthearted comedy yeah. did not go over well. <laughs> right. Uh, bad news is a lot of his character. The more I read about him, is really? that he didn't live well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he when he went to Japan to learn judo, he was pretty much homeless. Wow. So he literally came from nothing. Uh, but yeah, such so, so go look up the history of him. He, he's yeah. a really interesting guy, and I, I don't want to get into it because we're doing where are they now. He was a heart dungeon guy, wasn't he? Yeah, basically, yeah. He uh, wrestled for Stampede for a while. Okay, yeah. And so he came from that. I heard that after sometime in the two thousands there, when they tried to relaunch Stampede, I heard that I heard that he was doing color commentary for them at one point, mm-hmm. and I would have loved to have heard that. Yeah. Him as a color commentator, yeah. hell yeah. Uh, but uh, the only other thing I could really find out is the sad part of the story, the ending of it. On March 6, 2007, sadly enough, Bad News Brown, real name, Alan Coage, hmm. died of a heart attack ah. and, uh, in, in Calgary. So there you go. Uh, I yeah, I remember hearing about that, and it's just I keep forgetting that he's not with us anymore. No. But, uh, yeah, such a big fan of that guy. But yep. Anyway, let's move on to something a little more lighthearted, Chris. All right, yeah, let's move on to Steve Allen. Yeah, that's, that's about what, as lighthearted nice, as you can yeah. get. With some more bathroom humor. Literally. Literally. Yeah. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> for some reason there's a piano in the shower. and Well, there's good acoustics in the bathroom. Yeah, I sure. mean, uh, Billy Joel used to record some of his vocals in the bathroom. Sure, I'm sure that's why. Then again, so did Weird Al. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I like both guys. I like way. both those guys yeah, a lot. Yeah, very equally. Steve Allen, on the other hand. Yeah. Um. So he's, and then the Bolsheviks come in there and they do this bit where 
he's not playing the national anthem and yeah. blah blah blah. And really bad puns. Really, really bad puns. If if anybody you out there can figure out what Borzukov says, um, <laughs> yes. let us know because I, I think he says bogus national anthem, but I, I can't don't tell. think that no, I don't, I'm not sure what he said. But. Yeah. I don't know. I just if, if if someone out there has seen it and can tell us, please let us know. Yeah, because we listened to it twice. Yeah. And then so. we I stopped caring. Yeah. I'll mention what a piece of crap Steve Allen is during his actual segment in the booth, so remind me of that later. <laughs> All right. Um, but the reason that they're the Bolsheviks are there is because the next matchup is the Hart Foundation versus the Bolsheviks. Yeah. And that bathroom segment and or their singing at the beginning of the match lasted longer than the match itself. Oh, yeah. It's like you could watch this match like five times in that segment or more probably. Yeah. It's it's a heart attack is all it is. That's the only thing that happens. Yeah. yeah. yeah back jump. Yeah, and the, the one thing we failed to mention, like the entire first third of the show, if not the first half of it, right. it all all the matches pretty much start prematurely. Or uh, someone it, jumps it someone the, from behind or yeah. before the bell, yeah. Yeah, the uh, whole show is yeah. like that at the beginning. Yeah. So make note of that whenever you watch right. it. Right. But uh yeah, heart attack one, two, three. Um Easily my least favorite Heart Foundation match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's what? not really, it's not a match. It's not a match. <laughs> How can it possibly, it's yeah. just not. Yeah. So, it's like, I, I feel bad for the guys that work 20 minutes. Yeah. And got the same money. Right. <laughs> That's what I really, yeah. I really feel bad. Yeah. I, who knows. I'm sure their bonus was a little less if they were doing bonuses then. I don't know. Uh, yeah. It makes sense. I don't, I don't know. know. You would think so. Yeah. But uh, yeah. next up is actually the first of many segments <laughs> advertising WrestleMania 7. <laughs> at the at the Los Angeles Coliseum on March 24th. You would think that uh, on the DVDs that they would have edited, they, they had enough music off yeah. that they would edit off this embarrassing show that didn't really happen. Yeah. It did, but it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's going to be a 100,000 plus at, at this show. More so, like 17,000 yeah. in a different arena entirely. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but we'll talk about that on the next show yeah. and why that's so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but the next matchup is a surprise, kind of. Well, not really, I guess. I like these guys, but it was it was a really good match. The uh, the Barbarian with uh, Bobby Heenan versus Tito Santana. Yes, Powers of Pan just broken up, and uh, in the divorce, Heenan got the Barbarian, yeah. and later on, Slick would get the Warlord. Uh, this uh, this is another gem. I really think this is really fun. Go watch this one on its own. Yeah. Or if you're watching the whole show top to bottom, really pay attention to this match. It is not a bathroom break. It's a really good contest. Yeah, it's good power guy versus speed flying guy. So. Yeah. And uh, respect to Tito, who has been in all of the WrestleMania so far, along with Hulk Hogan, but yep. Tito's the workhorse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so And and uh, I got to say, man, uh, I, that's my favorite finish of the whole show. Yeah, it, was, if, it was really good. If not over the course of the last three WrestleManias yeah. that we've watched. Yeah. That I love that finish. He takes his head off with that clothesline. Yeah, line, nothing man. spectacular. I mean, it's a uh, barbarian is on the set, standing on the second rope in the corner and just does like a leaping clothesline, but it's just the execution because Tito takes it and he just completely back lands on his back of his head, flips completely over. So yeah, great, great finish. Yeah. And that's it. Des- despite the fact that it's like maybe a five minute match at most. Yeah. That really just seals the deal for me. Yeah. That's a match you need to watch. Yeah. And so Barbarian does get the victory in a yes. very good middle, like, this is about the middle of the show. Yeah. So, um, and then, so they go straight into the next one pretty much, or actually, oh, sorry, backstage segment. Um, they're working up to the first ever mixed tag match on yes. WrestleMania. And so we get to see uh, 
the American Dream. The Common Man. Yes, Dusty Rhodes with Sapphire. Yes. Um, talking about uh, Queen uh, Sherry and King uh, Macho Man. Yeah, Macho King Randy Macho Savage, uh, who is out of his mind at this point, character-wise, yeah. which, is gr- which always makes for entertaining television. Yeah. And uh, especially because Sherry's just always been out of her mind. <laughs> when they when yeah. you put those two together, it's it's, it's a powder keg, <laughs> yeah, tender box, yeah. And uh, and Dusty's been just like taunting him the whole time, really. I mean, Savage has gotten some upper hands on him during the feud, but yeah. Dusty's very laid back. He's just like, you can't, you know, I'm not gonna bat an okay. Yeah. So he's got his arm around Sapphire, and they're talking. And I I never understood Sapphire. <laughs> like even as a kid, that was like I don't I didn't really get Dusty when I was a kid either. Honestly, I, I can I wasn't, understand that though. I yeah. mean, he Sapphire was a legit fan, first of all. Yeah. And as the story goes, I'll do it really quickly. Most of you know this. Um, the, the the word is that Vince signed Dusty because Dusty was head booker in NWA, which was Vince's main competition. Right. Uh, they they were trying to, supposedly they were, he was trying to make him look as dumb as humanly possible. The <laughs> vignettes they give him, which you, if you have the Dusty Rose DVD, you need to go watch him. Yeah. Uh, setting him up as a garbage man, pizza delivery guy, yeah. and he looks stupid in him. But yeah. it's Dusty. He makes the freaking most of it. Right. The story of Dusty Rhodes is making the most of your life. You're right. Everything, always staying positive. So by that. By the time he debuted, people went crazy, yeah. and Vince apparently lost his mind over this because it didn't work. <laughs> yeah. So they gave him polka dots. Yeah. They put polka dots all over him. This is yeah. after his debut. Right. And then the cheers got more. Yeah. <laughs> they just grew. And I said, we're going to give you not only someone who has no experience, who's an actual fan, yeah. but a very unattractive, <laughs> large black woman. And they cheered him more. (laughs) (laughs) So at this point, Vince is just giving up. Yeah. I think. He's just like, you know what? Fine. (sighs) And this is so weird, because this is Dusty, as much of a legend as Dusty Rhodes, this is his only WrestleMania match. Yeah. So weird. Yeah. (sighs) And as we've alluded to beforehand, Elizabeth comes out as the secret weapon corner person for Dusty and Sapphire. The crown jewel. Which, yeah, the surprise is kind of blown at that point. Yeah, I kind right. of, I, I yeah. think I even expected that as yeah. an eleven-year-old. Yeah. So, but no, I think the best entrance of the night has to go to to Macho King and Queen Sherry. They it, just, yeah, regal. I guess that's the yeah, only way a, I can say it's it. It's amazing but, to watch them. Yeah, as loud as those outfits are. Yeah, it's. It, I I got to chill watching them come down the aisle. Yeah, Sherry is perfect in that role. Yeah, and Macho is. He's he definitely. Lives that subservient gimmick to a T. I mean, yeah. he's just. You even watch that that thing. I rolled it back because yeah. we were talking, and I said, "Oh, go watch that." Yeah. And uh, Sherry gets up from kneeling down. She turns around and faces Macho Man. He raises his hand, snaps his finger, points at the ring, and then she goes to yeah. the ring. I mean, it's like clockwork. Yeah. But uh, all that being said, the match itself. I'm going to have to play the entertainment card on here because obviously yeah. it is a massive train wreck. <laughs> right. And this is also where Gorilla and Jesse really earn that paycheck. Yeah, yeah. So that's really what I have to say about it. Right. I mean, yeah, because it was, I mean, it was pretty much like Sapphire didn't really do much because no. she really couldn't. But she was yeah. in and out of the ring. 
uh, but Sherry was all over the place, like, the entire time. Because they, they were explaining the rules a lot, because it was, like, probably the first time anyone had ever seen a Yeah, a on, a, on a major scale, yeah. for sure. First time a mixed tag match. So ever. they were, like, men against men, women against women. Yeah. And, of course, Jesse was like, I don't see why that should be the case. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> but Sherry didn't care, and she was in there, like, the whole time, which was awesome. So... Um, but, um, and Elizabeth does, like, throw her back in the ring a couple times, so she yeah. actually gets physically involved, like, I... That was what she alluded to in the interview, yeah. when she, whenever she came back, she would be, she would be more involved, and she would be a different Elizabeth. Yeah, which so. she was not speaking in, uh, cryptic phrases, she was actually very literal, like, yeah. I'm gonna get involved, and I'm gonna talk. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And she didn't look worried, like, she always looked worried before, and she yeah. was just, yeah, she's like, normal. So. I think that's why that's the best she ever looked, because she came out all confident looking. Yeah. And she was very strong, you know. Yeah. That could, that's very attractive. Yeah. So, it's a yeah. It's I mean, it's a fun match, back and forth, in and out, all over the place. Yeah. And then, um, due to Elizabeth's interference, uh, she she pushes Sherry and Ed Sapphire's in like the the trip. Like she's on yeah. all schoolgirl hands trip. and knees, schoolgirl trip, and she gets yeah. a schoolgirl schoolgirl uh, roll up and gets yeah. a pin on Sherry. And so. uh, I I don't want to let the match go without bringing this up. When they're announcing oh, Dusty yeah. and Sapphire <laughs> to the ring... They're coming down in the cart, yeah. And, and the Fink announces them at, at a combined weight of what? 469 pounds. 469. <laughs> and then Jesse with a line of the night, in my opinion. I think we all, like you and I, just listened, watching it again, and we were all like, oh, what? Jesse was our internal voice, because yeah. he's like, wait a second. You mean to tell me that Dusty Rhodes weighs 200 pounds? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty spot on, though. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Uh, basically, weirdly enough, like I said, Dusty's only WrestleMania match, yep. despite a couple of cameos that we're going to see down the road. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's kind of weird doing a Where Are They Now on Dusty Rhodes. It's not like he's disappearing right. off the face People, of the planet. If like, you watch, you probably know. Yeah, NXT. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I mean, Dusty... Yeah, he went back to WCW pretty much like about less than a year after that, along with Dustin, by the way, which would have been great if they had actually been able to do the Dustin and Dusty match versus DiBiase and Virgil at Mania right. the next year. Yeah. But they did at the Royal Rumble, and then, you know, so it, it is what it is. Uh, but that was pretty much Dusty's, that was Dusty's last run as a full-time competitor, actually, because any time he wrestled after that, it was all like just like, spots here and there. Mm-hmm. So that was him at the end of his full-time career. A lot of people don't realize that because he's just such a fixture yeah. in the business still. He went everywhere. WCW, TNA, even had his own Federation Turnbuckle Championship mm-hmm. Wrestling, if you recall that briefly. Sort of. Uh, after his TNA run, went back home to WWE, Did the you know got inducted into the yeah. Hall of Fame. Uh, now he is the head writer and segment guy for NXT. So if you're a Dusty Rhodes fan, or just a fan of wrestling in general, you're not watching NXT. You need to do that because this is Dusty's baby. Yeah, and he'll and he, show up from time to time. He's not on there all the time, but when it's important, he'll be there. So. Yeah, he's kind of the GM, quote unquote, on the show too, right? Mm, kind of, sort of. Yeah. But he doesn't really play that kind of role on a on a consistent basis. But yeah, yeah he'll show up every once in a while. So I mean, yeah, it's not that I'm poorly researched. It's just like if you don't know what Dusty's been doing in the wrestling business yeah. since WrestleMania 6, then you're a little tuned out. Right. And you need to do your homework. So <laughs> just go buy the Dusty Rhodes box set, right. okay? And then get, get back to us. Let us know how awesome you thought it was as well. Right. Uh, the, the interesting one, actually, here is Sapphire. Okay. Uh, real name, Juanita Wright, with a W. Uh, this is interesting, and this ties in to Sensational Sherry, because uh, before she passed on, she did a shoot interview 
where she claims, you know, and corroborates the fact that Sapphire was a legit fan, not only of wrestling, but she was a massive Dusty Rhodes fan. If you go back and watch that interview before they go out in their match, Sapphire is looking straight into Dusty Rhodes' eyes. Yeah. And according to Sherry, that is legit. She actually loved Dusty Rhodes. Uh I mean, loved him. Yeah. Dusty obviously uh, (laughs) did not reciprocate. Yeah. Uh, Dusty's been a married man a couple of times, and obviously he wasn't interested, I guess. But uh, the interesting thing is they decided to break up Dusty and Sapphire by the end of the summer for the SummerSlam angle Mm -hmm. because DiBiase was going to buy her off. Gotcha. And she was going to be his other assistant, servant, (laughs) whatever. And And it happened. And according to Sherry, Sapphire was so heartbroken over this that she pretty much quit after that. Mm. And they said that she just bawled and was in tears after her meeting with Vince when Vince told her that she would no longer be Dusty Rhodes' manager. She was that into it. So a really interesting story. Yeah, but, I mean, that was a bad idea. If that's going to be the case, (laughs) that's a bad idea to hire someone like that in the first place. Yeah. And uh, she she left the business entirely after after that whole thing. She wasn't really even part of the business from what you were saying. Yeah, she was in there for a year, and that was it. Uh, But, you know, uh, she went back to working regular job-type jobs. And uh, on December 10th, 1996, uh, living in St. Louis, she died of a heart attack. So, unfortunately, this is kind of the heart attack show. But, but, yes, Sapphire no longer with us. I remember them referencing her. Uh, to make a little lighter point of it, uh, whenever Goldust did his uh, Dusty Rhodes, uh, yeah. he actually did reference her on there. And yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. So maybe that was their little way of paying tribute to her. Oh, who knows? So, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Then, uh, all right. So next, there is another one of the L.A. Coliseum, the second promo <laughs> okay. of the night for the hundred thousand plus WrestleMania. <laughs> Move on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna point them out because there's sure. like three or four. It's ludicrous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think they. I, on the tape, I seem to recall when I had the tape copy of it, they yeah. showed it at the very end, too. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, so this is kind of the intermission portion of the show, because mm-hmm. it's just promo after promo after promo. Um, Heenan's talking about what happened with Andre. And, oh, the fallout. Yeah, yeah the fallout yeah. with that. Um, R- Rona Barrett is back, apparently. She's with Jesse and uh, Gorilla. Um, talking. I don't know what she's talking about. I don't think they know what she's talking about either. She alludes to Jesse being in a, uh, a porn, basically, a porn, which like a, like that was during the Rob Lowe porn tape scandal. Uh-oh. But that's why they probably did it. But I think that uh, it doesn't seem like she even got clearance to do that. Yeah, she they seems told- like she's just talking because they're just looking at her and they're not really like selling it at all. Yeah, and they completely dismissed it by the yeah. next segment. Yeah. So yeah. Um, they go in the back. Um, I think it's Sean Mooney in the back. He's interviewing the Macho Man. He's all fired up, and Sherry isn't part of the interview, but she's in the background. She's screaming. She, she actually <laughs> keeps swiping it. Yeah. She actually hit Sean Moody yeah, a, couple a couple of times, times during yeah. the interview. Remember early on we were watching the show, and I said, that, that locker room payphone area right. that they're always at with Moody, it seems like, they, well, there's a payphone. Is there? Right? Oh, yeah, because yeah, Macho's like, you yeah, better call that's somebody. Right. <laughs> that's right. So <laughs> it's always back there. And they, I saw that all the time on Saturday Night's Main Event. Yeah. I said, you had a pre-tape of those. they got to be. Yeah. And but that's the segment that kills off my theory. That seemed genuine, unless they got all sweaty and put on their ring gear and taped that. I don't see why they would do that. So. That that's really good, like uh, like continuity. Yeah, I don't think the they case. did. So, yeah. But yeah, it just seemed like that's what they did with. Those yeah, it, it does seem like it a lot with those. But uh, uh, maybe that's 
I guess could that be one of those traveling sets they take with them? It, that could very well be. Maybe they had a lot of those. It's a pretty elaborate things. traveling set, but yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um, Vince needs his phone. You know, he's got to be on at all times. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Demolition talks about winning the titles, and Gene's trying to steer him towards talking about the Hart Foundation, but they're yeah. just like, we're just going to celebrate. They yeah. do much nothing. They yeah, they give up. He said they were going to the Up With People concert. Or I was like, what, oh, what yeah. a weird reference to make. Yeah. Uh, and that was a dated reference at that point. <laughs> right. for the, anyway. Yeah. Like, maybe they were still big in Canada. I don't know. Yeah, who knows. Um, <laughs> and then Hogan gets his promo. Um, talk, he's not... It's he's not, always halfway through the show, Yeah, too. yeah. Like, hey, just to remind you that Hulk Hogan's on the show. Right. <laughs> like, you're going to tune out of a pay-per-view you just right. bought. <laughs> <laughs> and then Warrior actually cuts a promo after that. And actually makes a lot of sense. I mean, he's he's t- I, considering the Who ultimate warrior. <laughs> no, he, the words that he says go together, and they form sentences that make sense. Okay. He's not talking about like some mystical, metaphysical. Well, he kind of is. Yeah. He's talking about like getting the 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 Hulkamaniacs and the and the warriors together as yeah. one and plan seeds. Yeah, this match is not. It's. I'm not destroying. I'm actually building. So it. I got. I understood okay. what he was saying. All right. Well, that, that that's enough. That's definitely up then from yeah. all those other ones. <laughs> and I, I swear this happened. Like, uh, and they talked about it on the self destruction of Ultimate Warrior DVD. Mm-hmm. That great promo he cuts about uh, hijacking a plane. <laughs> that Christian does an amazing job of yeah. duplicating. Yeah. It's not on there, but I swear that was on the show originally. Yeah. So maybe they just cut it off of this maybe one. Maybe so. Because, uh, oh, you know... The, I was going to say, when, when was this DVD released? 2005. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. We all know why. I don't have to go into yeah. it. But, uh, yeah. Then, then just go watch the Ultimate Warrior DVD and, and laugh about it. Yeah. So, But, yeah, that that's a crazy promo. Yeah. So, yeah. What, what's after? Are we still in intermission mode? That's that's it. I, oh, yeah, I tried to get through them as quick as I possibly oh, could. thank you. So, next <laughs> up, actually, a really good match, of course. It's the Rockers versus the Orient Express. So. Yeah. This is a Sato and Tanaka version of the Orient Express. Yeah, and of course, 11-year-old kid, I was all in for the ultimate challenge. That's, of course, the match I was looking the most forward to, but this was the second most match I was looking forward to, because, once again, that's how big of a Rockers fan I was. I was like, ah, they got this. (laughs) They can't beat the Orient Express. They're nothing. Yeah. And uh, they didn't. They didn't. (laughs) No. They have a horrible win-loss record at WrestleMania at this point. 0-2. Yeah. And unfortunately, it ended with a countout. Like, Marty Jannetty was legal, and he was outside the ring. And um, he got salt in the eye from, I think it was Sato. Yeah, Sato had the salt. Yeah, yes. and it actually looked really good, because he did. just beamed him right in the face. It wasn't like that powdery stuff that nope. kind of goes in the air. Yeah. It looked like genuine, like, rock salt in the face. Yeah, so. it, was a, it was a great spot. Yeah, and, and so Marty's, he's got his hand over his face, he can't see, he's stumbling. He actually falls over the barricade into the crowd. Yeah, on a high, elevated floor, so that, yeah. that had to hurt. Yeah. And uh, th- that was weird, because Sean literally passes right by him before he does it. Like, why didn't he stop him? Yeah. Did, did yeah. you notice that? Like, he, uh, yeah, I think he asked if he was all right, but he just keeps going. Yeah. I guess he's going after Sato or something. But. It's re- weird. Um, yeah, I talked about how much I loved the finish of the Santana Barbarian match, but yeah. the absolute second best move of the entire night. Mm. And I, I don't know why I never recalled this before yeah. until tonight, but uh, Tanaka's in there yeah. with Sean, Sean, and they do like kind of a back and forth Irish whip thing. Yeah. Tanaka ducks, and then when he gets to his feet, he has his back to Sean, and it looks like it's totally going to be a collision. Yeah. 
But then out of nowhere, no look, flying forearm to yeah. Sean's face. Like spins completely around, jumps in the air and forearm to the face. It's really it, cool. It was, That was an amazing move. Yeah. Like, we went back and, and watched that yeah. again, and man, that was really good. I was like, how did I forget that? No. That's really good looking. Yes, so. it was. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, even with that account out loss, it was still, like I said, it was actually well done, and, yeah. and the match was really good. And the Orient so. Express were a better team than I remember them being in the version one. Because I was actually saying the I think version two was a better team for a few reasons in the sense that that team actually had more experience with each other yeah. because they had teamed up as bad company in AWA along with Dallas Page as their manager. But I was like, so I just kind of dismissed the version one here that we saw here at six. But they actually looked good as a team. Yeah, they did. So that that surprised me watching it over again this time around. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Uh, one of the few matches, especially in a WrestleMania series, where it's a count-out. But I'm actually willing to forgive it. Yeah. So, <laughs> you want to see the payoff to that match, Royal Rumble 91. Gotcha. A top five tag team classic of all time. Wow. Easy. That match is so good. Every team that you're into nowadays in this modern era has stolen so much from that match. Uh-huh. Go watch that match again. Nice. Right. I will. That means everybody out there. <laughs> right. Yes, Chris, even you. Yes, I know. So, um, okay, and so we go back to the back again. Steve Allen once again makes an appearance. Um, he's making some jokes with uh, Honky Tonk Man and Stale Fish Steve Allen. <laughs> yeah, Honky Tonk Man and Greg the Hammer Valentine, who later on in the show are going to debut their hit gold record yeah, single. It's already gone gold. Yeah, um, and I think Steve Allen makes a gay joke about Pee Wee and yeah, um, and, and a guy who's actually a fan who probably saw it that night. Yeah, too. Yeah, f yeah. you, Steve Allen. Yeah. So, and you can, well, Honky Tonk Man doesn't look like he's having a good time. No. Not at all. Because Steve Allen makes some jokes, and you, he, look at the look that Honky Tonk gives yeah. Steve Allen. He's like death glare. Yeah. And Honky has always been very serious about the business, yeah. so know that, oh, yeah. 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 He's, he's got a record a lot about disrespectful people in the business. Yeah. And so outsiders have it way worse in yeah. his eyes, and rightfully so in this instance. Yeah. So, so. Yeah. But they get through the segment, and the next matchup is actually Dino Bravo with Jimmy Hart and Earthquake at his side versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan, who makes a, a an error right off the bat as as Hacksaw comes out. Off the board, you mean? Yeah. Because <laughs> what is Hacksaw known for? Being he, Mr. USA, yeah, I mean, and, with all due respect to Tony Atlas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're in Canada, so he comes out with his humongous American flag. Did you notice that the flag was actually rolled up yeah. when he was standing on the thing? Yeah. Like, he thought about it for a second, but then he just goes into hacksaw yeah. mode, like, yeah. halfway through when he's down <laughs> the aisle, like... Okay. Oh. <laughs> it just goes with it. Just owns it. <laughs> and he, I, I mean, he gets up before the match. He's up on the on the the ropes and he start tries to start a USA chant yeah. in Toronto. <laughs> so he, of course, gets booed. I mean, do you think that he's and is, once again me speculating on the backstage uh, rationale behind some of these ideas? Yeah. Do you think he's back there with Vince or something, or Pat Patterson or somebody going, you, you think I ought to, you think maybe I ought to dial it down a little <laughs> yeah. bit? For, you're a hacksaw. You can get, people love you. Yeah. You know, we're only 100 miles away from Glen Falls, New York. That's your hometown. Right. Go for it, hacksaw. <laughs> I, that's the only thing I can think of. We got people coming over here from the border anyway. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. Yeah. And the cameraman's not helping because he flashes to a fan holding a French-Canadian yeah. uh 
a hand-drawn sign that says Dino on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he is so not over. Yeah. And they boo him by the time the bell even rings. Yeah. <laughs> they, I mean, they should have honestly, just for this match, they should have switched it and he should have played the heel. I mean, he should have healed the crowd. Honestly, yeah. but I guess fun. I guess in that day and age, they couldn't Would've really wrap their it. mind around it. So no, um, they but weren't it quite ready for Bizarro Land yet. But it would have worked. Yeah, it totally would have worked for that instance. Because come back a hometown hero. Yeah, because <laughs> if Hacksaw started healing the Canadian crowd, even if the Canadians crowd didn't like Dino Bravo, they still would have gotten behind him. <laughs> because I mean, they just would have. So I'm just they, trying to think of what he would say besides just generic stuff. Yeah, I don't understand your dollar conversion. <laughs> yeah. uh, the weather sucks. Yeah, your beer sucks. <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm pretty much stealing half of that now from Canadian bacon. But uh, anyway, but yeah, and uh, Hacksaw was a guy that years later I'm doing a where are they now? But years later would join Team Canada in yeah. WCW. So that was, was great. Yeah. <laughs> That but, reeked of Vince Russo, like, yeah, turning hacks that on Canadian. Wasn't, it wasn't entertaining, honestly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, Lance Storm. I mean, the guys that were in it, Elix Skipper, Lance Storm, and, of course, Hacksaw, they made it the best of it. But yeah. Anyway, we're not talking about that. Uh, this match was, it was, I mean, it was a Hacksaw match. It was yeah. a bunch <laughs> of Hacksaw stuff. It's kind of kind of ugly, and stuff happened, and... Yeah. And yeah. of course, we've said how much we like Dino, that he's underrated. He did his best. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, the match didn't stink. It's just kind of a nothing four or five minute match yeah. once again. Yeah. And there's a lot of those on the show. Yeah. Earthquake gets involved at one point. Referee gets distracted. Two by four to the back, and uh, Hacksaw ends up getting the pin on Bravo. Yeah, that was different at least because they could have. They, they would have. It looked like they were going to rip off the WrestleMania four match you yeah. had with DiBiase, where yeah. Earthquake trips him up just like Andre, and right. then Dino gets his finisher, or, or at least a roll-up with the tights, and the match is over. But he actually got to clothesline him with the board, yeah. which is what he was going for at five with right. Badass Brown, but this time he was actually successful, pulled right. it off, and got the pin. Yeah. So Hacksaw kind of redeeming himself from five the year before. I guess, by hand, but he's getting got booed. He still got booed, <laughs> but he went home with the he went home to the pay window, yeah, with, right. the, the winner's purse, yeah. as they like to say. You know? yeah. Yeah. Um, and then afterward, Earthquake does actually attack... Uh, Hacksaw, so more aftershocks. Yeah, more aftershocks. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Jake Roberts does cut a promo. Uh, really good. I mean, Jake Roberts is, of course, one of the kings of talking. So that's one of his best ones too. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. It's a Jake Roberts interview, but it's kind of like Dusty's Hard Times promo. Yeah. So it's a little bit of both of those things, and. He's just so good, and I, I keep thinking, every time I watch one of those again, I'm always reminded about how Jake never yelled. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say, is comparing this, you were just mentioning... Everybody else on the show. You were just mentioning earlier how this was getting to the era of comic book and cartoon promos, mm-hmm. and it it's very apparent on this show. And even people I love, like uh, Macho Man, so over the top, but then you see Roberts just it's real quiet, just looking at the camera, just says what he's got to say. Yeah. Yeah, it's it even, makes it that much more effective. Yeah, even even Gene is not a piece of crap in this interview right. by your standards. <laughs> he just says Longfellow couldn't have said it any better. Yeah, and he's right on the money. Yeah, he's not he's not even being facetious. All right, to an outsider that sounds like the biggest bunch of crap. All right, but he's right. Yeah, <laughs> it's just chilling. Yeah. it's like the match is over before the match starts. Right, he's got you. Yeah, so and I never understood. I I. I I don't know. I guess 
Maybe the personal matters were setting in at this point, but the fact that he never got a major title run yeah. still bothers me to this day. Yeah. As much as uh, like Rick Rude or, or Mr. Perfect or right. something like that, but all those guys could have been great world champions. Yeah. That's when you do the massive heel turn on Roberts is when you give him the world title. Yeah. Everybody's like, yay, and he's like, slow down. <laughs> right. Can you imagine? Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Got what I want. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that would have yeah. that would have been amazing. And, and much like we talked about in the Rockers Orient Express match, and, uh, oh, where are they now? Orient Express. Chris, oh, I got to call yeah. an audible here. Right. I am so sorry, but we're going to get back to that match. Because that's actually going to tie in with the Orient Express match, and I'll, I'll make it happen. Right. So, Chris, let's do this real quick. Sato and Tanaka have made their last WrestleMania appearance. I'll just say briefly, like I alluded to, they replaced Sato with Paul Diamond. Sato, uh, he actually comes back to the WWF, and I didn't even realize it. I'm he- stupid. He <laughs> was Hakushi's corner man, Shinja. Okay. That was him, the guy in the white face. <laughs> All right. I mean, I feel so dumb. But when I looked that up when I was doing this thing, I was like, yeah. oh, my God, really? But uh, Hakushi, talk about underrated performers, yeah. uh, Jinzei, of course. Yeah. Wow. Basically, didn't do much in the business after that, at least nothing that anybody would know. You know, uh, He actually lives currently in Kansas City, oh, and he's right. married to a former women's wrestler named Betty Nicoli who I don't know who that is, yeah. but I think that's interesting that she mar- he married a female wrestler. A lot of guys haven't. Yeah. And they have two kids together. Uh, Tanaka, like I said, referred to that match as that he had in Mach 2 of Orient Express, uh, found out that after that, he stayed with uh, Kato, but Kato unmasked when they went to Eastern Championship Wrestling and reformed Bad Company, their old AWA team, huh. and that was during the Eastern to Extreme Transition wow. in Philadelphia, so they were part of that. That's cool. Uh, they actually both got signed. Gee, Bischoff didn't sign ECW guys. Oh yes, he did. <laughs> so they went to WCW in 1994, where they pretty much split up after that. They didn't really do mm-hmm. anything with this amazing, talented tag team that they had. Geez, that's a uh, that's not like them. But this is interesting because Tanaka uh, had a little bit of taste of being on a WCW pay-per-view because he wrestled in a mask as El Gato versus Conan for the U.S. title. I didn't know El Gato was even the number one contender for the U.S. championship at the Mm -hmm. time, but apparently Great American Bash 96, he did wrestle Conan and unsuccessfully did not win the U.S. title. Uh, 2006, he opened up what is called the Fighting Spirit Dojo in Ohio, where he resides, He has a, a partner, Jody Poff, who teaches uh, MMA, and Tanaka teaches judo. That's so cool. there were two judo guys at uh-huh. WrestleMania Six, Chris. <laughs> nice. And like I said, that Rockers Orient Express match ended in a countout and uh, was still a good match, just like the Ted DiBiase, <laughs> Jake the Snake Roberts All match. Right. Take it away, Chris. All right. I'll let you have it. I'm going to do the wave real quick. (laughs) Yeah, they started doing the wave in the middle of this match, and it was a good match. Yeah. uh, And we were talking about it while we were watching it. You were saying, I don't remember it being this good. I thought you remembered it as being like a rest hold match. Yeah. But then that was WrestleMania 4. Yeah, but that was due to the fact that the the crowd did the wave. 
because yeah. it was actually a, a good match. It was yeah. really good, actually. And of course, with those guys, I mean, it's going to be... Yeah, and maybe that's just like a shitty old fan mentality, like, yeah. it's a pack mentality. Hey, let's just do the wave. I mean, I don't think, maybe maybe they weren't trying to pee on the I match don't, I don't. I don't think that's what it was. Yeah. I think they were just, they were actually excited. Yeah. I mean, there was a buzz going in the crowd, and I, that wasn't, it's not, It it wasn't like a crowd today who would be doing it to goof on the stuff going on in the ring. Exactly, yeah. Even Canada would become notorious for that way later. Yeah. And that's, you know, of course we have our crowds over here that do that as well. But I love in the early part of that match when Jake keeps trying to go for the DDT. And he yeah. slaps DiBiase in the back. DiBiase immediately goes to uh, like a kind of a face plant, rolls out of the yeah. ring. He does that twice. Yeah. I just love that stuff, yeah. man. So DiBiase, the thinking man's wrestler, is Jesse yes. Ventura always likes to yeah. say. But yeah, I mean, it was it was a good match. And was it officially for the Million Dollar title, or did they just say that's kind sketchy? Of, that's a gray yeah. area on that show because Jake had stolen it. Yeah. And then when the match started, DiBiase did not come to the ring with yeah, the belt. It was they like had in it, that case. Yeah, they had it in a case. And I guess it was whoever can take it home takes it home. Yeah. That's they the impression I got out of it. I, yeah, I don't remember if uh, Howard Finkel actually announced it as for the, the Million Dollar title. I don't think no. he did. No. But the announcers said it basically so they just alluded to whoever got the win because yeah, basically was gonna be the, if yeah. it had been a clean win on either case then that means uh dibiase would have put jake to sleep yeah and jake basically would have put dibiase to sleep with a ddt yeah so true if there had been a pin somebody would have easily walked away yeah. with the belt so that's, and, that's all I could think about. And DiBiase did actually walk away with it because he, he did win, like you said. Oh, Virgil got made, made sure it got out of there. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. yeah but uh, uh, DiBiase put the million-dollar dream on Jake outside the ring, and, and uh, DiBiase barely rolled back into the ring before the 10 count, and Jake didn't meet it. So yeah. uh, Thanks to Virgil once again. So Virgil, yeah. make sure DiBiase wins the match. High tells it out with the belt. Then when they come back... Uh, wackiness ensues. Yeah. Uh, DiBiase, for some reason, has his handful of money. Yeah. <laughs> and Jake DDTs him. Bills go flying everywhere. Yeah. And let's give away some money now. Right. And at least some of the people in the front row got reimbursed. I bet you, how much do you think a front row WrestleMania seat cost for five? We talked about on back on the very first yeah, one that front row was 100 bucks. Well, so yeah. by the time you get to six, what do you think mm. it is? Like maybe three? Two, three hundred? Yeah, I'd say around there because the attendance of the last couple were kind of was kind of low, so I don't think they would have hiked yeah. it up so much. Yeah, I'd say two fifty ish. Yeah, uh, you think Mary Tyler Moore gave away her Cena? <laughs> no, I think she probably yeah. was like, "This is this is my reparation." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she's in the front row and they they actually she's holding up the, the close up on her. She's got the hundred. Yeah, and Jesse's even like, she doesn't need that. The girl's like. You're right, she yeah, doesn't. Right. She really doesn't. <laughs> the only time they agreed yeah. on the whole show, pretty much, yeah. except for the main event. Yeah. Um, and then we go to the back, and Akeem, who, man, I have mixed feelings about Akeem. I don't know whether to <laughs> laugh or groan, so I'm going to go ahead and enjoy it. So, Well, I was alluding, you're going to hate me for bringing this up again, but I was referring to the fact that at the dawn of the 90s, believe it or not, like African roots culture and the dashiki we're actually coming back. Right. I think Hakeem actually single-handedly killed this <laughs> right. off, which is why gangster rap happened. It's all Hakeem's fault. <laughs> wow. For, that's. I'm going to stop there. I think you're giving him way too much credit. <laughs> but I like where you're going. I like I like how you're tying you. it into pop yeah. culture. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I try. Yeah. <laughs> but Akeem is back there. It's Sean Mooney interviewing Akeem with Slick, and Slick doesn't want to talk, of course. Yeah. I, I, I'm just going to go ahead and bring up the fact that the, the DVD we watched this on has tons of really annoying musical edits. Yeah. And I still don't understand why they edit out songs they own. They edit out Dusty's, Coco's, Akeem's, Demolitions. I can't dance to Jive Soul, bro. Yeah. I can't headbang to Demolition. Yeah. They're killing me here. I don't know. Like, like I said before, maybe it has something to do with like the releasing rights. Like the publishers have some kind of rights where they can't only they can only publish it in certain forms. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, all that being said, I'm also covering up for the fact that we're about to get into a 90 second match here. Yeah, but uh, well, uh, boss, that, yeah, because this is actually this is another tie in to the previous WrestleMania, uh, sort of, because they were the Twin Towers in the last yeah. WrestleMania and they won. And so uh, Akeem is going to fight Boss Man, and Boss Man they cut back to the promo, and I'm like, oh wow, like he's like half the size that he was in the previous year. I think he easily lost a hundred pounds between five and six. Yeah, because we were talking about like how gigantic he was yeah. in, he in gut five. hanging out the bottom of his yeah, shirt, the he whole was thing. Huge. I mean, he's still a big guy, yeah. but you look at him in in six, and it's like, wow, he's like slimmed down a lot. Yeah, and I like so, that because we it's literally been like a week since we watched five. Yeah. Into yeah. six, so we really could tell. Yeah. It's not like you see something every somebody every day and they shrink yeah, right. slowly. Yeah. But yeah, and then interesting that uh, the the mega powers explode at five, and the next year the twin towers exploded. Right. And uh, the, I guess the colossal connection exploded. Yeah. So well. that's all I really got to say about that. But uh, <laughs> my mind's kind of going everywhere right, right now. But they're coming out to the ring. Boss man is coming out to the ring, and uh, Teddy Biasi shows back up. And he attacks the boss man on the outside yeah. of the ring before the match can start up. Yeah, it was brilliant the way. And watch it; you, it's blinking, you miss, but you will see it. Virgil is rescuing DiBiase from ringside, but you think you see that, but you don't. DiBiase mm. literally drops down, goes right under the ring, and um, he's hiding. Miss that, that whole time. <laughs> I mean, like they cut to the back, but yeah. the fact that it's you think that you see DiBiase yeah. get away, but he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking man's wrestling. He can be anywhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, and the match starts, they do start up the match, and of course, Akeem has got the upper hand, because Boss Man is, he's yeah. kind of out of it. From There's the no starting bell for the match either. That's, I yeah, because I think they, uh, the commentators actually mentioned something about, like, waiting for the start bell, and it never happens, yeah. but yeah, exactly. they start the match anyway. Yeah. This is a one-move match for me, even though the Heart Foundation match was a legit one-move match. Yeah. There's really only one good thing about the match. Well, he got uh, Bossman got two moves in there because oh, yeah. <laughs> Akeem Akeem is uh, is taking control. It's really 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 short, but yeah. Bossman gets the boot and then does the Bossman slam and yeah. the end. So even though Bossman got attacked, he does get the victory. Yeah, that was a big build up for the uh, massive babyface turn of the big Bossman. And as a kid, I, as much as I hated the Bossman when he was a bad guy, I was completely ready. I was all in to cheer for him. When he went babyface, because I love his moves. Yeah, I right. always liked his moves. Yeah, and he could swing that stick, man. Yeah, I, I still wish I could do that. Yeah. Uh, is that the bathroom break before the main event for people, or uh, do we still what, have that we still have more? Oh, we still have more stuff to go. Yeah, don't we? match. You did that while we were watching it too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no. Uh, next up, actually, I don't know if you might want to consider this bathroom break or not. But don't leave yet, because Sean Mooney is in the crowd, and that's always gold. Oh boy! Uh, you think is... he's missing the drunk guys at this point because I don't know. Uh, he picked one kid yeah. out of the whole place. Because this is um, I'm glad he did though. Yeah, because <laughs> we mentioned before the Honky Tonk Man and uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine. They're going to debut their their rhythm and blues. Yes, their rhythm and blues. They're going to debut their single 
their gold record single, Hunka 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 Honky Love, which yes. they're very particular about putting the three Hunka Hunka Hunkas in there yeah. when they're talking about the title. And uh, Sean Mooney, uh, of course, he has to interview the crowd because that's where he is. Um, and so instead of an older guy that's probably going to be drunk, he goes to a kid thinking, what can go wrong with yeah. interviewing a child? He's like, I've got this. Yeah. <laughs> so he looks, he's tiptoeing, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he gets to that kid, man, in the glasses, sitting next to his dad. You ready for a Honky Tonk Man's new single? No. <laughs> yeah. They're stupid. They can't do anything. They can't sing a dance or do nothing. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, they can't sing a dance and do nothing. He's like, well, don't you think, uh, do, you, do you think they're good uh, singers? He's just kind of stumbling for words, yeah. trying to stretch the segment. He's like, no, they can't do nothing. They, they, they know. So the kid's just having none of it. He's like, like okay. Yeah. All right, well, let's uh, let's get another opinion. Little girl, what do you think? So She's actually like, Yes. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm on TV. Right. He's like, okay, let's move on. Yeah. And then he's, he gives up. And so Mary Tyler Moore is over there. Yeah. And so he goes over to Mary Tyler Moore and he's like, so is this your first uh, wrestling show experience? Like, what do you think? And she gives the generic, like, cookie cutter, like, oh, it's a great combination of theater and athleticism. Yeah. And that's a great, that, that's fine. That's yeah. A, that's a great sentence. It's that, a respectful thing to say for someone who has no idea what's going yeah. on. And he just had to start asking her about the talent. Him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what about the honky-tonk man? And her response is, what about him? Yeah. <laughs> how about him? Yeah. How about that guy? Yeah, how about him? <laughs> him and the hammer. Yeah, there yeah. goes the hammer. Yeah. Yeah, how and, about him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so he keeps going. He's like, well, um, so he's kind of got that Elvis look going on, don't you think? He's like, yep. Yep. <laughs> what do you think? So what do you think about uh, the hammer, uh, Greg Valentine? Elvis? Is her response. Yeah. <laughs> and so Mooney, <laughs> yeah, Mooney completely defeated. He's like, all right, thank you very much. Uh, back, back, back to you guys. <laughs> oh, I think... I'm going to go ahead and award that that's my favorite non-wrestling segment of the show. Just that segment right there. <laughs> just for a response. Yeah. How about him? Well, from the from the, the kid, the kid all to the Mary Tyler Moore, <laughs> that's the best non-wrestling segment on the show. I'm going to let you do it yeah. because uh, God knows the actual segment itself wasn't very good. Yeah. Because, okay, so go immediately to ringside. Big pink Cadillac comes driving down the aisle. The... What honky ets? I think the honk ets. Okay, honky tonk. I think you said the honky ets. Honky ets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't roll yeah. quite off the tongue like the right. honk ets do. But uh, they're in they're in the they're both in the passenger seat. Uh, not nearly as awesome as a uh, Peggy Sue, but whatever. And then you've got rhythm and blues in the back with the colonel with the record over his yeah. head and someone driving the car. That I'll go ahead and let you talk about that because oh. I don't know if some people know about that. Uh, some people do. Some people yeah. don't. Uh, the driver of the car was uh, a gentleman by the name of Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah. If you could say, as he would say, his WrestleMania debut. Yeah. You know why he's the driver? Why? It's his car. Nice. He legit owned that thing. Uh, so, very cool, huh? That's awesome. That's a good way to break into the business. Yeah. It's my car. I like have it. to be there. You know, and he had already done some stuff. Yeah. You know, he had been in the AWA, but what a great coup he yeah. had. Like, somebody figured out that worked for that company is like, hey... I know this guy, and he's he's a wrestling guy, and he has yeah. a pink Cadillac. It's yeah. brilliant. So, and so good for him. yeah, they get into the ring. I'm drawing this out way too much. <laughs> they get into the ring. They do the song. 
for some reason, like there's monitors all over the place, like you pointed out. Yeah, floor monitors are yeah. abound, but the echo must be just too. I terrible. guess because nobody's in sync. Honky Tonk Man's just kind of going through the motions. Yeah, um, Jimmy th- Hart, who's who's done a gig or twelve in his yeah. time. Uh, yeah, he can't even. He's got four people he's trying to keep yeah. in rhythm, and he's just not. One of my favorite things before the song started, Honky Tonk Man's like, "Are you ready, Honky Yats? We're ready, Honky. You ready, Jimmy?" I'm ready, honky. Yeah, he, he like he mimics just, them completely. He completely, completely <laughs> mimics the girls. Yeah. I'm ready, honky. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you pointed this out too when we were watching it. They went so out of their way yeah. to say that the single was called "Hunka Hunka Hunka Honky Love." Yeah. What are the lyrics to that song, Chris? It's a hunka hunka honky love. Yeah. It's two. They went with the two because yeah. that's the only way you can keep it in a four in time, four time. Yeah. <laughs> so. So ah, just the, all the way around, it was just a bad, bad, a bad from the beginning. I don't even think I seem to recall they did use the song for a little bit during their initial run as a tag team, but yeah. I think they actually delegated back yeah. to the original Honky Tonk Man song by the end of the team. Yeah, <laughs> it was that much of a disaster. Yeah, but uh, at least we got to see the Bushwhackers uh, yeah. smash shit. You know, so. <laughs> right after the song, there's two guys. Selling stuff, they got big glasses, baseball caps, or whatever. Yeah. And Honky Tonk Man calls them out. I was like, "Stop selling that stuff!" And yeah. it's the Bushwhackers. And We're they, only selling yeah. Honky Tonk Man music that doesn't right. exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they smash their guitars and leave. So yeah. and, and it's over. I thought they would eat them, but uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they at least got licked before they got destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> so typical uh, Bushwhackers fare. Right. So yay, Bushwhackers! And then the last LA Coliseum promotion. Uh, at least of this version of the <laughs> show. <laughs> yeah. And then that leads directly into the next match, uh, Rick Rude with Bobby Heenan versus Jimmy Snuka. Yes, the ravishing one. And uh, it's, it's kind of, he went out with a, uh, a flicker, not so much a bang yeah. in his WrestleMania series. But before I get to that, I totally forgot that Steve Allen got to be in the booth for that match yeah. and do, and do uh, his insightful uh, color commentary. Yeah, right. Uh, just what a jerk! Uh, yeah. Superfly, I like him because he's got my wife's pair of underwear on. Yeah. By the way, yes, Steve Allen, you were a piece of crap. Not only talking <laughs> about what you did in the fifties when you tried to completely just downgrade rock and roll, and obviously that makes it personal enough with someone like me if you know anything about me. Right. But in his later years, before he croaked in two thousand or whatever, he was. One of the main guys of the PTC. Ah. A guy who would spend his later years completely damning the professional wrestling yeah. business as a whole. So, yeah. Don't cry for Steve Allen. That's all <laughs> I got to say about that. All right. Back to the match at hand. Yeah. Sadly, I think this match is kind of a waste of uh, both of these guys' talent. Yeah. They don't mesh very well. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's Steve Allen angering the blood. I don't know. <laughs> oh, your blood. I was like, they can't even hear him. <laughs> yeah, well, they, I can hear yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I just don't think they really made it work. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Uh, it wasn't the worst show on the no. on the card, but it wasn't nearly the best. Yeah. Great, yeah. great Root Awakening, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, pretty much yeah, it. Yeah. That's always good. So yeah, that's Rick Root going out, like I said, with a whimper in his WrestleMania career. And he'd be gone from the company by the end of the summer into the fall. Uh, the storyline was he was actually going to start feuding with the big boss man because Bobby Heenan and Rick Rude started making comments, derogatory comments, about the big boss man's mother. Yes, 
that happened. Wow. And the storyline goes is it Rick Rude got fired over that by President Jack Tunney, but meanwhile he was just negotiating to go sign for uh, NWA WCW. Gotcha. Makes his appearance. Halloween Havoc 91 as the Halloween Phantom. He had a mask and cape on. He was Paulie's new wrestler. All right. Paulie dangerously debuts, but he immediately takes the mask off yeah. and he's freaking Rick Rude. Okay. Of course, anybody that saw him come down the aisle was like, that's Rick Rude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even the straight guys know that one. Um, he became the head of the Dangerous Alliance along with Paulie and Medusa. They had yeah. an amazing run. Uh, about three weeks after his debut, he beat Sting for the U.S. title. Uh, it goes on to hold the U.S. title longer than, I think, anybody in the history of the title. 14 months. Huh? Uh, go look that up, but I believe that is a record. Great feuds with Sting, like I said. Uh, had an amazing set of wrestling matches with Ricky Steamboat. If you've never seen those matches, go check those out as well. Uh, Rick Rude actually did something really interesting. The other Rick, Rick Flair, he had a feud with him mm-hmm. over the reinstated NWA World Heavyweight title in 1993 because they were keeping both the WCW and the NWA World titles like in the same company. Huh. But with the thing about the NWA title being defended more on an international basis, and they were starting to do more international shows in Japan and the Korea one and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So Rick Rude actually actually had a run with a world title for the only time in his career hmm. with that. Uh, he lost it to Hiroshi Hase, got it back, uh, lost it to Sting, got it back, and during the match where he got it back, he actually injured himself to the point where that was his last major run. Hmm. Hurt his back in the match. Uh, they did a a bit where he had to surrender the title because he used the belt illegally during the match, so they stripped him of it. Okay. Uh, he goes to ECW, where he's part of a lot of that great build-up for ECW. The triple threat has a thing with Shane Douglas and then teams up with him. Goes in, he's in the original version of DX. Come on. Yeah. And, of course, he pulls the greatest trick in the history of the Monday Night War. He appears on both shows mm-hmm. on the same night. Yeah. Of course, with them taping a few Raws in advance, has that beard, shows up on Nitro with a clean-shaven face. They make a big deal out of it, but that was pretty much the only time they made a big deal out of Rick Rude. Right. He did it just to do it. That's yeah. why Bischoff, Bischoff's a piece of crap. That's pretty much it, because honestly, yeah, the rest of his WCW run is not noteworthy at right. all. And they said he was training for a full-time comeback, but unfortunately on... April 20th, 1999, he died of heart failure at the age of 40. The very young age of 40. Rest in peace, Recruit. You are truly, truly one of the all-time greats. Definitely. And you should be in the Hall of Fame. He will be. He's got to be. But yeah, uh, Snuka not having a great WrestleMania run at this point. And the worst is yet to come. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But uh, I guess that's the lead-in to the, uh, the big ultimate challenge, Chris. Yep, we're finally there. It's the Intercontinental title. Versus our up for grabs against the WWF title, title for title match. First time ever. Yep. Uh, Ultimate Warrior, Intercontinental Champion at the time with that weird yellow belt versus Hulk Hogan with the WWF title. Yeah. The old winged eagle, the one I like so much. Yeah. I, yeah that's the best title, in my opinion. Yeah. As, like I said, we were talking about this during the match. I've heard a lot of stories where they went over this match for about two months. Yeah. Solid. And they every move in this match... And I guess, in retrospective sake, this kind of hurts my opinion and viewing of the match. But right. every move in this match was absolutely... There's no improvisation. Right. There's no room for it in here because every move has to put forward 
the passing of the torch yeah. to the Ultimate Warrior, and at the same time, transitioning Hulk Hogan, world champion, into the immortal Hulk Hogan. Right. And that's what this match accomplishes. And I can see that. On a short-term basis, yeah. that's what this match accomplishes. Yeah, and I, I can see that, because you, you mentioned that pretty early when we were watching it, and you can see, because they, they do things, they do the test of strength, one gets the upper hand, the other gets the upper hand. They do, like, rest holds, one gets the upper hand, the other one. It goes back and forth like that the whole time. Mm-hmm. So they're both, like, on this even level of where we... You can kind of get to the upper hand, but I'm going to come back, and it's just back and forth the whole time. So, like, yeah. the energy's going back and forth and whatever. But um, they both even get their their uh, build-ups. Yeah. Hulk gets to Hulk up, or gets to do the rope shakes. Yeah. So it, it all happens, but it's just not exciting. I mean, honestly, it's... There are a decent amount of rest holes, bear hug, chin locks, um, yeah. all sorts of that kind of stuff. So, yeah. To me, I like, I mean, this is another one of those instances in this show, and it's happened a few times now, especially over the last few manias, where the commentary team is really helping me here. Yeah. Because it's interesting to hear Jesse's perspective, because his character is anti-Hogan, anti-Warrior. Right. And he's actually rooting for kind of both of them in the match. Right. Just because of the fact that they're beating each other up. Right. <laughs> and he's like, he loves it when they start cheating. He goes crazy. Yeah. And uh, it's weird. And hearing him say anything complimentary about Hogan really throws me off. Yeah. So that, you know, I've never gotten in the ring in my life, but i got to say that's really the only entertaining part of the match <laughs> is because uh, everything else just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. When, I'm, when I was 11, this was the match I couldn't wait to see. Right. I was looking forward to it. Like right. I said, the buzz was massive. Oh, yeah. Everybody on the playground talking about it. Right. I mean, it was a big, big deal. And if you'd asked me at that time, that year, what my favorite match ever was, I would have said that, right. probably. Yeah. But times have changed. Yeah, and it just doesn't have the same historical, like, when you think about the great matches, um, or the iconic matches, I should say. Yeah. Um, Hogan, Andre, of course, like, right up there at the very top. Yeah. Um, even, like you said, Slaughter, Hogan, uh, the next year. Yeah. But this one, to me, I mean, it's up there, but it's not up there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's... I'm really trying to find that line that we're trying to ride here when we talk about how we rank these matches yeah. in the history of WrestleMania. Uh, we talk about historical significance. does play a big part in how we rank these matches. Yeah. But also... The watchability, yeah. rewatchability, like you like you say, and that's a great point to bring up. Technical aspect really plays a lot in a rewatchability. Yeah, and there's and, some spots in there where you said they had like rehearsed and talked it over. Maybe they should have rehearsed a little bit more because yeah. there's some things that happen. Like a warrior keeps bouncing off the rope, like three different ropes, just trying <laughs> to find the right one in order to yeah. to to try to get a close on on Hogan, and just some some missed things. Like he goes for like the running shoulder block thing and he like just runs like right beside him first and then kind of spins over so ultimate warrior is putting me in a position to feel bad for hulk hogan yeah, right so it, it does it does weigh on my head quite a bit and he does try to press hogan towards the end of the match and man he's that's got, fun to watch he's got nothing because we had talked about he when he did the press on heenan and he couldn't get Heenan up after the match. Yeah. It's the same thing in this. Of course, Hogan is bigger, yeah. but this is a pretty marquee match. And if you can't do it at that point, you need to do it earlier in the match when you can do it and it's impressive because it didn't look impressive. Yeah, he just He's like got him up, but he's resting him on top of his head and he never gets him up. Yeah. He just drops him. Yeah, As soon as he peaks, gone, done. Yeah. Yeah. And he's you can just see as he's just like, like sucking wind. Yeah. So... so. But, I mean, we're kind of bashing it. At the same time, it's still 
It's it's, it's iconic. very important. And yeah. this is Hulk Hogan not only losing the title is he, yeah, he lost the title before. Yeah. But it was obviously under dubious circumstances. Right. Storyline wise, he's losing the title here clean and he's yeah. losing it in the main event at WrestleMania. Right. So it that's big. It's the end of an era in more ways than one. Yeah. And, and Hogan... they really thought Warrior was going to be the guy of the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> right. And Hogan does kick out of the splash, the big splash, uh, at one point, because after that, that ugly press, he does <laughs> yeah. splash him on the back, he yeah. turns him over, and Hogan actually kicks out. He actually he goes for the, the uh, boot, um, goes for the leg drop, misses it, and then the warrior gets a splash, the second splash. and So it took two to yeah. beat him. Yeah, and like I said, that solidifies the immortal Hulk Hogan. This is obviously... Uh, Hogan wanting to do more movies, and, yeah. you know, good for him. Yeah, and this, this, them phasing out Hogan as a full time guy, right? Or at least you know, a guy that's going to be on TV. Yeah, and he's going to do more movies, and War is going to be the guy. Yeah, and uh, he got to massively do an I told you so on Vince a year later. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, all that is yet to come. Yep. Yeah, Ultimate Warrior wins the Ultimate Challenge. Uh, the IC title would be vacated by orders of President Jack Tunney. Not only that, but he actually went on TV saying that he would not sanction a rematch because he thought that the physical uh, craziness of the match, he does not want to put them at risk for further injuries. Is or that anything. a quote? Physical yeah, craziness. Something like he went on TV and said, I, I'm not sanctioning this rematch because it's just physically impossible yeah. for both of them to do it again because it was just that massive. Sure, yeah. This match was ranked best match of the year by the readers of Pro Wrestling Illustrated 1990, mm-hmm. who weren't prone to voting for matches like this. All right. So that holds a little bit for me. Uh, yeah. That holds a little bit of water. Sure. Uh, but how does it rank up with the entire show, Chris? Well, we'll so, find out in a second. I can't rank the Paul Roma Brooklyn Brawler match because yeah, I didn't see it. Yeah, it didn't didn't happen on the show. So I think it's weird they have a you know dark match is such a, a thing to do nowadays. But yeah. the fact that it got until didn't didn't happen until six. Yeah, uh, let's start at the bottom of that list, Chris. All right, the the number fourteen match at the bottom of the show is it's a one move match. Um, as much as we like our tag team wrestling in WrestleMania, it is a tag team match: the Hart Foundation versus the Bolsheviks. I'm going to go out on a major limb here. No, I'm not really. And saying this is the lowest that Bret Hart will ever rank yeah, in a WrestleMania. For sure. yeah. <laughs> uh, Any of these guys that we yeah, sure yeah. Um Next one up is also not a whole lot of a match. It's really short. It's like maybe like a minute and a half or something long. I don't it, know. It's, it's microwave your pizza time because it's <laughs> yeah. 90 seconds of the big boss man, yeah. Akeem. Yep. Akeem versus boss man, number 13. Uh, number 12 is Hercules Earthquake, which, I mean, it was, I guess it was okay, but it was slow. Yeah. And I think the bottom third of this is just not WrestleMania-worthy. Yeah. Even even getting up to this particular era, I right. just don't think so. This match probably would have been up two more spots if the referee had sold the Earthquake. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tempted to put it up just because he didn't. <laughs> um, number 11, uh, just barely better than that, was Dino Bravo versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yeah. When, when the only entertaining part about the match really is the flag. Yeah, Hacksaw getting booed. Yeah. <laughs> um... See, at least these matches, they weren't that great. They can make us laugh. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Yeah. Um, and then number 10, the number 10 match is uh, Ravishing Rick Rude versus Superfly Jimmy Snuka. Yeah. 
Like I said, I love both guys. They just didn't mesh. And uh, I'm, I think I kind of have them out of here, uh, even at 10, as a matter of respect. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's nothing special. Yeah. Um, number nine, we jump up a bit. Uh, yeah. we, we said some good things about this match. It's the opener. It's Coco Beware versus model Rick Martel. Yes. And we massively jumped in quality yeah. here. So. And now we're getting into that section where there's going to be some crazy finishes. Yeah, these are kind of hard them. because, I mean, if a weird finish is done well, obviously we said that it's if it's good, but if it's just a, like, huh, kind of yeah. finish, then that usually hurts it. Yeah. You can sell a good count out, yeah. but a double count out, that is yeah. always so anticlimactic. And yeah. that's why we couldn't rank Bad News Brown versus Roddy Roddy Piper any higher than this. Yes, at number eight was uh, Bad News Brown versus Roddy Piper. Yeah. Um, number seven was Ted DiBiase versus Jake the Snake Roberts. DiBiase winning by count. Out. Yeah, the count out. That uh, match would have been way. That would probably be in the top five easy, but yeah. for sure if there had been a real finish. All right. Number six match with Joey's favorite movie of the night, probably mine too, honestly. Uh, the Barbarian versus Tito Santana. Yes, Santana kept his head because he will be around in the next mm-hmm. few WrestleManias. Yes. <laughs> Uh, number five, we had a hard time ranking this one just because of we enjoyed watching it. Yeah, and it is historically significant because it was a first. But it was just it's 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 just hard to rank. Yeah. It was the mixed tag match: uh, the Macho King and Queen Sherry versus the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes and Sapphire. Yeah, I like to know what you guys think of that out there. I think five is a good slot for this match, and it's really memorable too. You yeah. Know, so. yeah, I think Savage hit about three axe handles in a row, which that, yeah. that always entertains he, me. At least three, maybe, <laughs> maybe more. Yeah, he got a few more in the match, but I think yeah. he got three in a row yeah. at one point. Um, number four. Uh, speaking of good countout. Um, Losses. It's the uh, Orient Express versus the Rockers. Yeah, because like we said, that salt in the eyes looked like it really hurt. Yeah. Um, this is an instance where uh, I don't think the wrestling was as good in number three, but historical significance does take precedent. Yeah. Uh, the third ranked match on the show in the top three now. It's the tag team title match, the Colossal Connection, losing to Demolition. Yes. So I'm on the edge of my seat here, Chris. <laughs> There can only be two matches left. You've got two left. Once you know two, you'll know one. Yeah. So, all right, coming in at number... Let's go to number one. Coming in at number one, what we decided was the best match on the show as far as a combination of all the factors of historical significance, and both these matches are significant for different reasons, combined with the factor of rewatchability plus just technical wrestling in general, and entertainment value all added up and not necessarily an average, just kind of the overall feeling we ranked at number one, Mr. Perfect versus Brutus the Barber Beefcake. So the ultimate challenge is number two. (laughs) Two. Yeah. In our opinion, in our highly educated and well-thought-out opinion, it's number two. Yeah. I'm ready for the hate mail, but I stand by this. Pick, I would like Chris. to debate it actually, because we're in agreement. Sure. We, we went back and forth, and you kind of left it up to me for a good, good portion of it. But yeah, yeah I'd like to debate it. it. I'm glad you did that though, because it made me think and reason through it and say like, yeah. okay, yeah. Because I, I, I would, I kind of did that weird thing where I'd have you convinced that the perfect beefcake match was number one, then I throw in the. Hogan finally loses. Yeah. That's pretty big. Yeah. But he lost before, like you said, and that's what I thought about that. But this is WrestleMania main event, Chris. Yeah, but he's already lost it. (laughs) We're doing it again. (laughs) Standing by it. I'm calling it. It's locked in. Yeah. 
So there you go. Because it's just a more fun match to watch, yeah, honestly. It is. I'm not going to go watch Warrior Hogan again in, like, say, six months. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. But if I come across Perfect Beefcake on YouTube while I'm going looking at stuff, I'll probably stop down and watch it again. Yeah. There you go. That That's really what it's all about, especially in this day and age. So. Yeah. Like I said, feel free to debate us on that. Do you have anything else to say about Six, Chris? It was, like I said, not... It's not going to go down as the best WrestleMania. No. Not even that memorable, honestly, for me. But it was... It was good. Yeah, especially when I forgot about... Oh, I don't remember what happens here. Yeah. You know, that's kind of that's kind of weird. Yeah. But we're getting... As, as the shows go on, they're, you can tell they're going to be more like, okay, every match has to mean something. Yeah. Uh, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to watch the build-up and see what show that actually happens on. Right. I'm kind of curious, because there's going to be filler for the next... Yeah. Quite a few, actually. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see you win, because these days, every match is that historic match. No matter what's going on, yeah. they need to make this match that 10, 15 years down the line, they're going to go back and say, okay, yeah, I'll watch that match, because that looks pretty cool. Yeah. Curious to see when that happens. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I said, we would love to debate with you out there. Uh, or even if just you're in agreement, feel free to send that to us as well. We'll Yeah, kiss our butts. (laughs) Go to hell. Uh, We'll take all kinds. Uh, So, Chris, how can they do that? Uh, Go to cnjradio.com for the Wrestling House Show and, of course, the WrestleMania House Show for the next 24 more episodes after this and up leading up to WrestleMania 30. And you can email us through there or, better yet, just go to our Facebook, friend us over there, and leave us a message on there because we'll probably get that quicker than anything else. Yeah. Uh, follow us on Twitter, and yeah, tell your friends because yeah, if they like wrestling or mania or comedy or anything, just let them know because we're awesome. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> and on that note, y'all have a good evening. We will see you at WrestleMania Seven. Bye. You know you got to, got to, got to have some more I didn't want to miss my chance to say hello to Mary Tyler Moore. Mary, how are you? Fine. You having a good time at WrestleMania 6? Wonderful time. It's terrific. It's the best of uh, athletics and theater. I'm sure you have all the Honky Tonk Man's albums. Yes. And what about his new uh, performance partner, uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine? How about him? Now, would you say, now let's uh, think about this. Now, who would you say that the Honky Tonk Man reminds you of? Elvis? Sure. And how about Greg the Hammer Valentine? Elvis. You know, I was thinking of maybe a cross between Roy Orbison and Johnny Cash. Thank you very much, Mary. She may be Mary Tyler Moore, but she'll always be Mary Richards to me. Let's go to the ring. name of the song? I don't care what it is, but they can't do anything. Longfellow couldn't have said it better.